Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Happy, happy Monday, one and all. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging out with you. Hi, Derek. What's the T-shirt? What do we? I, I call it a little, I call from, it a little the, from the from the Smithsonian. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. One of my. Now, were you guys down there this weekend? No, uh, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, okay. My my middle daughter and and uh, my, her husband and my grandson Cruz because he is he can he loves dinosaurs like no other four year old I've ever seen. Yep. And can name every fossil. What's a herbivore? What's an omnivore? A carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took him to the Smithsonian for the first time, and I couldn't make it. And so I said, "Why are you there? Um, can you just can you just get it? Because I love T-shirts from yeah. T-shirts like that. So they got me a, this one and a nice hoodie, a blue hoodie like this. With so I I'm said, I'm, I'm rocking the Smithsonian. Good looking shirt. I like that color blue. That's I do too. Color. Yeah. Blue's my favorite color anyway, and yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, good color. All right, what's up, everybody? What's up, Kevin? What's up, Dank? What's up, Chris D? What's up, Twiz? Tyler, Keyboard Warrior, Mr. Taz. If I missed anybody, Thomas, I see you. James, I see you. If I missed what's anybody, up, my apologies. Hope you guys are great. Hope you had an awesome weekend. We appreciate you hanging out with us uh, on this Monday, D-Gun, as we uh, are one day away now from the Eagles reporting uh, for camp which is beautiful. Uh, can't wait. Some interesting stuff here, Derek. Um, yeah, man. So uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, who got the ire of a lot of Eagles fans last week with some of the comments yeah. and some of the things that he had to say about Philadelphia fans uh, got hurt in a non-contact in, uh, injury today at lions yeah. camp. He was carted off emotional players going over to him. Now the latest is, and this is, you know, we're talking like minutes ago, there's a lot of momentum towards it isn't as serious as it first looked that it okay. may not be that bad. So, you know, again, uh, do I like what he had to say? No. Uh, but do I want to see anybody get hurt? No. So hopefully he'll be all right. Uh, and, but that's kind of where we're at. Well, if we get anything throughout the course of the show, we'll pass it along. But you know, that's the scary thing about camp. You, it can even be non-contact when you're not, you know, hitting or anything guys can just go down. 
you know, when the uh, when the story broke, uh, I'm looking at a lot of different stories on social media, especially Twitter towards him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wishing him well. But as you could expect, there's a good percentage of saying stuff. Well, that's karma. Yeah. I don't wish your will on anybody. I don't care what you say. Um, I don't I don't want to see anybody hurt. And that's sick. If, 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 if people are applauding that this young man got hurt, you, you don't stoop to his level. He said what he said. You don't like it because it's, it's an arrow thrown at Philadelphia. But I, I've never wished ill will on anybody, you know. Same. And, you know, so, um, you know, prayers up for this young man. I hope what you just said is true, that it's not a, as, as serious as I initially thought. But as we know, Rob, anytime you see a player in tears and all of a sudden all of his teammates go over to him and pat him on the back and, and hug him and stuff, that's usually a sign that it's bad. But I'm hoping uh, for the better and, and not the worst. But I, I just don't understand people that, that applaud somebody getting injured. I really don't. I know. That was them. If that was them, they'd want sympathy. Yeah, you know? or a family member of yours or anything like exactly. that. Exactly, family, anything like that, yeah. You know. so, so here's the good news, Derek, and this is from a lot of credible reporters, Tom Pelissaro over the NF, uh, yeah. NFL Network, et cetera. There's optimism. He just tweeted this out uh, 25 minutes ago. Optimism that Lions defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson injury is not serious per source. More tests to come after C.J. G.J. went down in practice, but as one source put it, quote, he's fine, unquote. Okay. So look, okay. let's hope, you know, because um, we see, we've seen a couple of these little things. Uh, Kadarius Tony yesterday at Chiefs camp tweeted yeah. something, just catching punts. He wasn't, yeah. you know, and then he, he had to limp off. So that's the one thing, you know, we sit here, we have a lot of fun with this when we preview the NFL and teams. And obviously we, we keep a close eye on the Eagles. You can't, there, there's just no accounting for this. The injury thing changes, you know, in a heartbeat, your hopes, and, and, and let's face it, your dreams can go up in smoke. And, you know, last year the Eagles were very fortunate. You Knock on wood, it can be two years in a row. But it is hard in that league to not lose big-time players. It's really hard. You know, over the last seven, eight years, we've seen so many non-contact injury, injuries. It's frightening. And these guys do a, a great job of, of keeping themselves fine-tuned during the offseason. And yet you still have a multitude of these non-contact injuries. And I'm thinking, what is it? Because most training camps, if I'm not mistaken, I believe most are all training camps are on natural grass. They're playing surface, um, you know, a lot of these artificial surfaces. And obviously they have an indoor facility uh, to practice indoors on an artificial surface. But normally when you're outdoors, you're on a natural grass. And I'm just, it just shocks me that we see non-contact, non-contact, even during a season. Yeah. You see a lot of non-contact injuries, and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, so that's why, again, you know, we, we have applauded them in the past, and we do so today. The fact that the Eagles were able to keep this team relatively healthy from start to finish, uh, they deserve a big, you know, big shout-out because that's unheard of in today's game. Yeah. So there, that was, you know, obviously one of the you know, big – stories uh from today in fact uh over the weekend so let's hit a couple things Joel Embiid gets married uh yeah, yeah his yeah longtime fiance and DePaula uh Brazilian model they have a child Arthur who's named after his son his brother who passed away uh but uh they get married in the Hamptons uh this weekend so Joel Embiid congrats uh, my man I guess our invitations were lost in the mail Derek I yeah know. you know um especially after what you've been saying about him all off season I've tried to defend him, but you went against me. Stop. <laughs> you stop. Get out of here. Oh, my God. And the thing I want to know is, who paid for that wedding? Because normally, uh, yeah. you, know, you know what's funny? Um, 
In the United States, it's customary that the father pays for the bride. Well, since she's Brazilian, I know in uh, Mexico, it's customary that the fathers pay for the son's wedding. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm assuming Joelle paid this bill unless she comes from money. You said she's a model. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Joelle could pick up the uh, the, the the bill on this. One oh yeah, have. I know it was in the Hamptons, 40, right? forty million a year. Yeah, they get married on the beach in the Hamptons. Uh, it looked like a church in the Hamptons as well. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, it's good. Oh story. yeah. All right, well, you know, either way, if she's a model, he's got his money. Yeah, they're all right. <clears throat> Mommy and daddy are going. Whew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Um, so good for them. And uh, beyond that, we had a, a Phillies win yesterday, but they lost two out of three. And even, man, yesterday was sketchy. Sketchy, yes, to say the least. Oh, my God. When you asked, when you asked me a month, you no, know, I think it was less than two weeks ago when you said, you know, and this was when they were playing well, and I think they put a, a mini winning streak together. Yep. And you asked me, what do I think about them now? And I said, Rob, after what we've seen of this team up to this point, I can't get too high on this team because there has been no signs of them being this dominant team. This team was built to do two things. Pitch well from the starting standpoint, and they should be among the, the leaders in Major League Baseball and home runs. They have done neither consistently, although <clears throat> Wheeler pitched a gem on Saturday. But for the most part, you know, Suarez, he was okay. Yeah, he wasn't great. I I, I thought Nola, even though he gave him two home runs, pitched well yesterday, too, for the most part. I, I like your two, your two big boys pitched back-to-back good pit, you know, good games. Nola gave up a home run? What? Two. What? No, another two? Derek, he's no. given up more home runs already this year than he gave up in the regular season and the postseason last year. And we're not even in August. Yep. That is and a real bad sign. I don't see it changing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what people have picked up on him. I do know for a fact that his breaking ball is not snapping off the table like it did in, in years. The, the last outing he had that was a really good outing, that was Aaron Nola that we are used to seeing. Yes. Ball yes. was snapping. He was corner to corner. Mm -hmm. Sneaky fastball was freezing a lot of batters because they're looking for the breaking pitches. Yep. Yeah, um, he had a lot of uh, he had a number of strikeouts where they were looking at a call third strike. Yep. But we've seen too much of Aaron Nola throwing the frisbees across the middle of the plate, and um, you know, uh, uh, power hitters launching them into the next solar system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm not so old. I am not so one iota. How do you lose? Now, Milwaukee and Cleveland are two of the lighter hitting teams. Matter of fact, Cleveland is the worst team in the majors in terms of home runs. I believe they had 71 going into this series. Correct. How many home runs did they hit in this series? Oh, too many. They had three yesterday. Three, uh, three yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. I think they had two set. Was it two? Two, two Friday. Five. I think they hit five in the series. Yep. Five against this pitching staff. I know. See what I mean? It, it's not it, acceptable. It's not. It, it really isn't. And then the offense is nowhere to be found on Saturday night. I mean, it just it can't. You know, you got two hit on Friday on Saturday night. It just can't happen. It's offense, not good enough. Offense has been nowhere to be found since the Brewer series. Correct. Yep. And yeah. and guess who's coming to town? Oh, oh! The Orioles oh. are legit. Okay, they took three out of four from the Rays over the weekend. They have the second. Jeez. The only the only team that has a better record in baseball is the Braves. That's that's yeah. how good Baltimore. Has been so well. The Phillies did sweep the Rays now, so I mean that's true. Uh, yeah. And the Phillies actually started the Rays' downfall. They've had a bad yes. month of July. Um, yes, but uh, yeah. So listen, you want to test yourself against the elite. You're getting elite tonight. 
let's let's see what happens here for the next three games. You're you're getting a big boy here. Uh, well, that's for sure. Let me tell you something. Um, the Brewers and 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 Cleveland both showed that a good deep pitching staff um, can can handcuff a power hitting team mm-hmm. because that's exactly what these last two opponents um, did. And that's why they were able to, to, to stay in the game. And what was it? Uh, Brewers, I mean, they lost. Wait, no, the Brewers didn't sweep them. No, the Brewers won two out of three, right? Or two five? out of three. Yeah, they 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 lost. Phillies lost the last two games of the Brewers series, first two games oh. of this series. So they lost, They had four. They lost four straight going into yesterday. And they snapped that. Yeah. Now, now, granted, Milwaukee's in first place, and obviously getting an up-close look at that pitching staff. That pitching Corbin staff Burns is just is sick. Well, they're, 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 the whole back end of their bullpen is yeah. sick. No, they can pitch. Milwaukee yeah. can pitch. Um, yeah. And you lost four out of six to two of the weaker hitting teams in the majors. Correct. And now you're about to see this Baltimore team. I can't, I can't, I've, I've, I've been reading box scores on them, but I have not had a chance to see them much. Um, but I am so looking forward to seeing this Baltimore team. Here's the guys to watch for like no. position guys. Adley Rushman, their catcher, he's a switch hitting catcher, Jeez. is a beast. Uh, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, it, th- these are all, a lot of these guys, Derek, are guys that came up through their system. They drafted very, very well. Of course. Uh, yeah, and they've done an excellent job developing these guys. Like, the, these, they have a lot of really good players. Like, you never heard of guys like Austin Hayes and, you know, and some of these other guys, but they're good players. They're just good, solid, smart baseball players. And, yeah, and they have good pitching. So we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out. We'll get more into the Phillies uh, in a bit here. And, but, and, and unfortunately, yeah, they're coming back home. They are coming back home. They, oh, well, yeah, the road, I don't know. They lost two out of three on the road. Maybe coming back home is good. I don't know what to make of it at this point. <laughs> Trade deadline, eight days out, by the way. And we'll get into well, part of what we'll talk about at 1 o'clock with the Phillies is what do you prioritize here? Is it left field? Is it relief pitcher? Is it starting pitcher? What do you prioritize as we're eight days out? All right. Uh, beyond that, Scott Rowland went into the Hall of Fame. Former Philly. Not a lot of love loss uh, for Scott Rowland here in the city. Um, you know, it kind of left on, on ugly terms. I, I don't necessarily fault him too much for wanting out at that time. The Phillies weren't a good team, and they weren't. They didn't appear to be all that committed to winning. Uh, but he was kind of a mopey, miserable guy when he was here. So it's it's hard to feel a real connection with him. Hell of a player. So, so did he ever outright say anything negative about Philadelphia? Now I've covered him in, back in the day when I got yep. here in '97. Yep. yep, he he was just a mopey player, right? He was, yeah, he, he, I, he know. I you know what he said that ticked off Phillies fans, which wasn't a knock really at right. Philadelphia. It was right. more praising St. He said St. Louis is like baseball heaven, and well, Phillies fans took that for you know you're you didn't feel like you were in heaven here. Whatever. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, look at the history of, of St. Louis baseball. I mean, no doubt. They live and die their baseball there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 what he's from the Midwest, right? Isn't he, isn't he's from, from Indiana. Yeah, he grew Indiana. up in Indiana. Okay. Yep. So he's from the Midwest. He's he's in in in. in I didn't say this. It's like the mecca of baseball in the Midwest because of the Cardinals' history. Yeah, I don't blame him for saying that. They they love their teams unconditionally. Where Philadelphia fans will will call their team on the carpet. Like St. Louis is very conditional. You know, yeah. unconditional love. You know, in yes. a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I understand why he, he mm-hmm. felt the pressure was off going there and they had a much better lineup when he went there uh, compared to what they had here in Philly. Yeah. So I, I understand. I, I understand. But you know what? How long are you going to hold a grudge? I mean, really? I hear you. I, I, I think you know, more than I'm not even like angry with Scott Rowland. I just don't really feel a connection to it. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't, 
Yeah, like yesterday, it wasn't like, wow, there's one of our guys. I, it's like, whatever. I, I, he deserves, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I think agree. He's that, that good. I agree. Um, the the thing sure. is, though, you know, once he left here, um, I didn't follow him closely. And I was looking at, uh, uh, I was looking, reading a story on him last night. I didn't know he played 17 years in the majors. He had a long, long career. Yeah. He went, uh, St. Louis, Toronto, Cincinnati, I think is where he finished up. Yeah. That was his trajectory there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, uh, Eagles question of the day, Mr. Gunn. Yes. All right. So where would you rank? And I'm, uh, let's ask everybody in the chat as well. Where would you rank your anticipation for this season? Is it on a scale of like TO 2004, which was insanity, you know, following up after 2017, that next year after you had won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, where are you in terms of your excitement level for this team? I'm excited about the prospects, especially because, um, even though this team lost a good portion of defense, uh, the free agency, they drafted well again. We assume the players they drafted are going to be frontline players most of the season, all the season. Um, the two holdovers from last year are going to be plugged in. Um, the conference itself is the weakest over the last two seasons. The conference overall is the weakest and has the most question marks up and down the conference that I've ever seen in a long time. But I do add proceed with caution because I believe the percentage of teams getting back to the Super Bowl after making the Super Bowl appearance is something like 17%, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of that is, is, is based on the Patriots. Um, I, I like where they are. I do believe that they should win the East. I do believe they should get home field advantage in the NFC, even with that tough schedule. But I, I, I also... I'm a realist, Rob. You know me. I'm a realist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to see how it goes because what we say today, as you know, it, it's not the storylines are going to change so so Absolutely. rapidly week to week, especially with these opponents. Yep. You know, uh, so I, I'm excited, but let's see where it goes. I'm with you. Um, for the season to start, I, I think they're an incredibly talented team. In a little bit, we're going to do our you know questions versus confidence. And, you know, how you stack them up. But I, I think they're a really good team. I think barring injury, which, you know, obviously from what we've already seen is a is a big piece of any team's, you know, goals. Yeah. Uh, I think this team is really, really good. So yeah. my excitement level, when you get as close as they got and you lose yep. three points in a game where you're up 10 at the half, um, you, you know, while you're stinging to an extent, you also look at a team that's returned most, not everybody, but most of their core and you have a great quarterback, who I, and I believe that. I think he's he is that guy. Um, hey, at least the Eagles didn't give up a twenty-eight to three Super Bowl lead like Atlanta did. <laughs> right, right, true, true. Yeah. Um, but when you're that close to a, a dynastic kind of team like the Chiefs are, I think, um, yeah. like to me, I rank this thing right up there with To. Like the To year was interesting in that you were getting to a point where you felt like you you, you like plateaued, right? And T.O. Was, was just the excitement that he brought. You know, Derek, you were there every day. It was insane yep. in yep. Lehigh. Yep. They had 25,000 people at Lehigh. In the you, had, you had the whole PA turnpike clogged. You couldn't move yep. because of T.O., yep. basically. So uh, that was unreal. I'm right there for this year. I don't know yep. how people are. You have the quarterback. You have uh, what I think is a really good coach. You know, he's taking a really interesting approach here, Nick Sirianni. Um, 
our buddy Dave Zangaro had a good story today. You know, he Nick isn't afraid to show the team. Like he showed the team a photo of Eagles players walking off the field at State Farm Stadium mm. after the loss. Mm. It's kind of interesting, right? He, he, he said, quote, I think my point was it's okay to use this as motivation. Absolutely. I agree. You know, and he said he's watched it countless times. Like the, he's not shying away from this thing. He, he wants them to feel it, lean into it, and know that, hey, let's not be the team with, you know, looking at the other team celebrating. Let's be that team. Yo, now that you've said that, you know what I would do if I, I was Sirianni? Yeah. I would have that picture blown up into like a a 30 by 50. Yeah. I would, I would put it in the locker room. I would put it um, in the bubble as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so that they see it every time they practice. And I would put it on the wall outside of the Novacare com- uh, complex on the, facing the f- practice facility. Yep. As a constant reminder. Don't get full of yourself. This is what happens. Not saying they got full of themselves at the Super Bowl. No, I know what you mean. What, this is what can happen. Yeah. Um, remember that feeling. Remember that feeling. This is your constant reminder. Yeah. You know, every day they've got to look at this when they come outside, whether they're walking onto the field or walking off to the field. Mm-hmm. It's etched in your mind every day. You go in the locker room, you see it again. Yeah. Every day. If nothing else, it should tick you off and have you focused like you've never been focused before. You know, this team has similarities uh, to that 04 team. Yes. Um, the 04 team went out and got T.O. The 2022 team went out and got A.J. Brown. Right. Uh, the, o, the, the 04 team had the best record in the NFC. This team had the best record in the NFC. Yeah. Both teams fell three points short in the Super Bowl. It's, yeah, it's interesting, Derek. You're right. And yeah. now, here's, you, the, here's the dark cloud behind The problem is 05. Yes, there you go. Yes. All of a now, sudden. Every key player you can think of dropped like flies. That's true. There were injuries, but the other thing was T.O. went on a kamikaze mission to take everybody down with him. I don't see – there's no T.O. here in terms of someone who's trying to take them yeah. down. So, But that – yes, the injuries played a big part, no doubt. Uh, but that's yeah. – you know, again, I'm, I'm, we all know what it is. You, you can't control it. Um, but I think they – that's why I mentioned culture. Like, I, I really think this team not, – not that that team – it was only T.O. He was, you know, whatever. But – this team has a great culture, and I think Nick Sirianni has a good handle on what pushes buttons, what motivates them, what tactics to use. So if he thinks that that's the way to go, I'll trust him because I think he 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 has a good idea of what gets the best response out of these guys. No, uh, no question about it. When you go back to that 4 team, and, and, and look at Andy Reid's tenure, uh, fourteen year tenure in Philadelphia. Among the many things he did well here was keeping his guys in check and not having a rogue player on a team. Right. And for whatever reason, he could not control T.O. The, the front office couldn't control him. Andy Reid couldn't control him. To the point, T.O. forced Andy's hand, you know, and, and, and Andy had to, had to cut him. You know, that was, that was uh, out of character for an Andy Reid team. Yet, like you said, you're not going to have that problem here. Um, the culture here is, it has been – established for quite some time they've brought in a number of good character players you look at the players who have been here three four five years you've never had a had them step out of bounds you've never had them embarrass the organization to where the front office and the pr staff um scrambles to put out a press release stating we are aware of the situation and monitoring it 
and we'll make further evaluation. When was the last time you saw that kind of notice come out of the Eagles organization? I can't even remember. You, I mean, you, other than the Jalen Carter, I mean, they knew that going, they inherited that. You know what I mean? That didn't happen yeah. under their watch. Here you go. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that's why I don't think, plus, you know, when you're looking at AJ Brown, um, they're, they're not bringing in like a DeAndre Hopkins to overshadow an AJ Brown or uh, Devontae Smith. They're going with what they, what they already have here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, it, and rightfully so, because it was good enough to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Right. So everything it should be status quo. You have a great veteran leadership to help the young guys along. You don't have to worry about young guys mm-hmm. getting too big headed. They're just trying to find their way and fit in. Uh, these young guys who are coming in from college and who were standing on the sidelines last year watching more than they were playing, they understand the magnitude of the situation and they want to have their piece of the pie also. Right. So there's no reason I can think of at this time. Uh, for anybody in that locker room to step out of character, I don't think so either. Look, I, and I think you, I think it's one of the big things. Like, I know, look, you have to have talent. I get it. You can't just have a bunch of good guys. You know, ultimately, you're not going to win that way. But you need guys who have one common goal here. And I, and I believe that this group, you know, from Kelsey coming back to Lane Johnson fighting through what he fought through, yep. to BG coming back on a cheap number, you know, to getting the Hurts thing done, to being no distractions. This team has the goal in mind of winning it, you know, and I think they yeah. look back and they, they 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 view that Super Bowl as a game they should have won. They did look ultimately the Chiefs won it. Period. That's it. Yeah. But I think the the players deep down believe, man, we had that game. You know, little mistakes here and there. Things yep. would just clean up. We're good, and that is going to drive them really, despite the harder schedule, despite the odds of them getting back. All of that they're driven by those thoughts and those beliefs. And rightfully, and rightfully so. That's what yep. a good team does. You know, you didn't finish the job, you know. And, and the field was nasty, yes, but both teams played on the same field. Um, you scored 35 points and you still lost by three. That hurts more than anything else. Um, I, like I said, I think, uh, I think I said it last week, um, 35 points is the most points scored in a losing Super Bowl effort. You yeah, don't think that, about that? that, that you know? Yeah. And, you, you know, that, that, should, that should tick that defense off. It should like those guys who were on the field for that game should, should be, you know, look, Jalen made a mistake. Everybody knows that, but Jalen was brilliant in that game. The defense really, in my opinion, hurt them, killed them in that game. They couldn't get exactly. off the field. They couldn't exactly. make the one play they had to make. So yes. yeah, I, look, I, I, I think it rightfully so. And you know what fans lean into it, man, enjoy it. Enjoy the excitement that you have. Yes. You know, it wasn't all that long ago when you felt like, ugh. Yeah, you know, what's this going to be this year or whatever? We've all yeah. been there with any of the sports where you don't have any hope. Think about how you feel about the Sixers right now. It's like it's a it's the polar op. You're just, ugh. you know, with the Eagles, man. There's you're real excitement. Philly. You know, Same. think about people feel the feeling. Frustrated, yeah, you're frustrated, right? Yeah. And you have every right to feel good about this Eagles team, and it's not false. Absolutely, so. it's real, especially yeah. in the conference they're in. I mean, you go up and down the list. You know, yeah. Minnesota, new defensive coordinator. But can they finally get out from under that dark truck? Cloud, mm-hmm. is is Detroit legit? Is Derek Carr the difference maker down in, in New Orleans? Right. Um, Bryce Young, is he the next great one? You mm-hmm. know, but he's a rookie. And they the weird thing about that team is they spent money to fix the defense. They bring in a Miles Sanders, but you're turning the reins over to a rookie. And they keep saying he's an exception to the rule. Smarter than most rookie quarterbacks. Very astute. Okay. That's in a that's in a practice situation. When the bullets start flying for real, let's see how it looks when when defenses are trying to confuse you and you're seeing mirages. 
when they show you one look and drop back into something else, or they come with the, with, with the delayed blitz on you. Let's see how you handle that. You know, yeah. things like that. You go up and down the list. Is Ritter? Is Ritter the one? The Falcons, another team, spent a boatload of money on defense. Is this is Ritter the answer to the Falcons' woes? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many teams in the NFC with big question marks about them. You know, Dallas. We assume Dallas is the second best team in the NFC after the Eagles, mm-hmm. but their schedule is just as hard as the Eagles. And Dak Prescott is coming off the worst season of his career. Can he rebound with another deep threat and a better cornerback in the opposite side? It's it's, it's like it's like days of our lives, edge the edge, <laughs> night, you know, all rolled into one. Yeah. 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 Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's step aside. Let's come back. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go to break, I got something for you. I've been waiting to share this with you. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, you keep saying that I'm Debbie Downer when it comes to training camp, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. He's looking like, all right, Digo, where are you going this yeah, time? Oh, boy. All okay. Right. So the other day, the, the, the PR staff released their, their practice schedule. Okay. Yes. First day of practice, Sirianni speaks at the tent. Selected players available in the media tent, which means you can't just be grabbing players up and down. Okay. Right. The second day is a walkthrough, no media availability. Right. Second day of training camp. <laughs> the third day, Sean Desai press conference, selected players at the media tent again. Okay. Mm-hmm. That Friday, uh, that Saturday, players day off, no media. <laughs> Sunday, 940 practice. Nick Sirianni, players in the media tent again. All right. Monday. Walkthrough, no no media availability. All right, Tuesday practice, Wednesday players day off, Thursday practice, Friday practice. Oh, Michael Clay gets to speak next Friday. I can't wait to hear my, Michael uh, Clay speak. And then next Saturday, walkthrough, mm-hmm. no media. Mm-hmm. Now, when we covered the game, when did they have all these days? Never, off? never. There wasn't any. You get, you'd go for like five, seven days, and then Andy give him a day off or whatever. Yeah, it's it's totally different. And, see, and, and on top of that. They're controlling the narrative of who you talk to as this well. This started, this was pandemic. Like when, when the pandemic hit, yes. and it was like Zoom, everything changed in terms of access. There's just less access. access that's, now. that's why I said the pandemic showed NFL teams how to control the narrative even more so it in did. the training camp environment. It really did. It so I said here today, Mr. Ellis, this just reaffirmed. Can I just have my, can I have my fun? Can I just. No. Can I just imagine? No. Yeah. Okay. I will give you your fun in so many different arenas, but for for you and other people, um, like we had Chris Franklin on last Friday. For all of you jumping for joy, joy about training camp, this is not training camp for a media. And I agree with Mr. Taz. I'm concerned about the Michael Clay telling us how good Sippos looks. I, I can't. I don't have. I don't have the mental capacity to be able to handle that, Derek. Okay, I'll just tell you that right now. Hey, I want to make sure. Wait, what time does he speak? Oh, he speaks at about. Let's see. Practice starts next Friday at ten. What do they go? Hour fifteen, hour and a half. He'll he'll talk before we get on. Yes. Oh, he will. you can't. Oh, we gotta have some Michael Clay quotes. On the show next Friday, baby. Oh my God, I, I might need to lay down after. Oh, that. Matter of fact, I think Tone, Tone, I want you to type some up, and I want you to put them full screen so Rob can just soak them all in. I, I think you're gonna. I'm gonna have to do the show from my couch. I, I think I'll be laid down during that show. I think that's what we're looking at. All right, let's uh, let's come back with questions oh, versus confidence, Derek. I feel so good right now. Yeah, I know you do. Questions versus confidence for the Philadelphia Eagles going into the 2023 season. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza. You're hungry. It's a Monday, man. Who feels like cooking?
Go to Bravo Pizza in Havertown. Yes, I've been going there since I was a little kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. Alex and the crew, I see them each and every week. Oh, man, what they are putting out is spectacular. Fresh food daily. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the upside-down pizza, which I love. But they have the you-name-it, they'll make it. Specialized pizza your way. Not just pizza, though. Whatever you're in the mood for, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, it's all there. Bravo's also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for daily specials and promotions. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. They are located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. 
Back here. Happy Monday, everybody. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Sports Take. Let's hit the like button, friends. Let's get on a like run. We haven't get on a, gotten on a like run in a minute. Let's do that if we could. Uh, we would appreciate that. That's for sure. All right, Derek. Questions versus confidence when we're talking about this Eagle scene. There you go. Like, uh-huh. comment, subscribe uh-huh. to Jacob Sports as well. Uh, all right, Derek. So here we go. Yes. I'll throw these at you, and you tell me um, if you disagree, if you want to add some. I'll start with questions, okay? And then then we'll 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 go into what I what I believe the strengths are. But let me throw some questions at you. You tell me what you think, okay? When I say questions, I mean not really sure about this going in. Okay. Um inex- inexperience at certain spots, meaning right guard. Either guy is likely to be unex- inexperienced even though Jurgens was in the NFL last year. It could be Jurgens or Steen. Defensive tackle, uh, you know, Jordan Davis had some opportunities, but ultimately we don't know if he's an every down defensive tackle, if that's even how they'll use him. I love Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's a rookie. You never know what you're going to get with rookies. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, uh, you know, N'Kobe Dean, yes, got a, got a year under his belt, but didn't play a lot of really meaningful minutes, at least non-special teams. Uh, Nicholas Morrow comes over from the Bears with impressive numbers, but is a smaller linebacker. And they were a bad defense. So what to really make of him, eh, you, you just don't know right now. Secondary, specifically safety. Reed Blankenship, second season, did get some time when some injuries occurred. That's a good thing. Uh, but he was an undrafted free agent coming out of college. We don't know yet, okay? Then next to him is, is Terrell Edmonds, who has had a nice career thus far. But you do wonder when an organization like Pittsburgh allows you to walk for not much money, that they really like you that much, or you're really that integral to what was going on there. Uh, I'll, what I'll add to that new OC, no D, new DC, OC linebacker and secondary coaches. So there's just a few. Um, what would you add in terms of questions? What would you maybe disagree with in terms of questions? Special teams play. Great one. How did I miss that? Jeez. Yeah. That, that should have been first on your you list. Just, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Special, special teams play is a big concern still to see if Michael Clay has figured this out. Yep. Um, the head coach has given him a reprieve uh, to come back and, and to prove that he made the right decision in hiring this guy. Um, so that's a, that's first and foremost with me. The right guard position I'm not concerned about because I don't care who they stick in at right guard. He's playing on either side of two future Hall of Famers in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And as we've seen, I remember, I can remember when, when Brandon Brooks went down, you know, and they had to plug and play all these different guys. And, it's, and it still didn't make a difference right. um, who they put on that right side. So whoever they put in there, whether it's Jurgens, whether it's Steen, whether it's Driscoll, you know, Driscoll to me was a better guard than he was a better tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that machine's going to roll. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about that. A fair point. Yeah. When you, yeah. when you have Stoutland and you have those other talented guys next to him, you, you feel pretty good. Jalen Carter has all the attributes coming in to be an exceptional rookie, but you got to do it at this level, you know, and we've seen um, a lot of disappointments in first round picks, not just a quarterback quarterbacks, the most glaring disappointment, obviously, because they are normally the focal point of any team, but other positions as well, you know, for every sauce Gardner who's come out and lit it up or Patrick Sertain, there've been other ones that have been mediocre or fizzled out, you know, early in their careers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Jalen Carter, I'm so excited to see what he can do at the NFL level uh, against NFL uh, level offensive linemen who know all the little tricks, and he's got to learn this along the way. Right. And if he's as smart as I think he is, 
He is uh, under Fletcher Cox's wing, Milton Williams, you know, Brandon Graham, all these guys in terms of uh, of learning little nuances to get advantage uh, on these offensive linemen. These huge, these offensive linemen get bigger every year, dude. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, Lane Johnson talks about his offensive line being Jurassic Parks. You've got offensive and defensive lines across the NFL. It's like just 18-wheeler collision courses, uh, 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 18-wheeler collisions every time a ball is snapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's see if he can do that. N'Kobe Dean's a, qu- a question mark because as fast as he is, as disruptive as he can be, can he handle being the signal caller in the middle? Yep. And people keep saying Sidney Brown is going to push Reed Blankenship. Okay, well, Reed Blankenship does have a year of experience under his belt. I'm anticipating him being a year better. But if he can't hold down the fort, you're turning it over to a rookie. And the better teams are going to try to exploit that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I know a lot of people are clamoring for J- Sidney Brown to get in there. But be careful what you ask for because he is a rookie and there's some growing pains. Yeah, I that what that I first of all I, let me just touch on that because I agree with you. Like I, yeah. really fast tracking Sidney Brown. Like in fairness to him, give this guy a little bit of time, man. You, you know before you throw him to the wolves here. I, I just I think he could be a guy by maybe the end of the season. But we're a lot of people yes. are penciling him in as the starter right now. Yes. Yeah. And I don't see that happening if if he's got to work on his tackling. You know as much as he has to learn. Uh, the ins and outs of playing the back end of a defense at this level. He still has to work on his tackling. That's the one glaring weakness in his overall game yep. is his tackling. He always wants to come up and make a big hit. And instead of making a big hit, you know, ball carriers are bouncing off him, sidestepping him, and and, and and picking up, you know, more yak yards. So he's got to learn to wrap up better, and, and hopefully he will. Yep. Um, but, but Blankenship, you know, showed promise and showed inexperience. I think Blankenship's a prime example. He came in last year out of necessity, and what happened? He made made some great plays, but also got burned on a number of occasions as well. Yep. How much better will he be this year? We don't know. And Sidney Brown's going to go through the same growing pains of whoever they put back there. Sure. Same. I think I think uh, Kevon Wallace is what he is. Um, I hate to say that he's still young in his career, Man. but I just think at this stage, I've never really said, "Wow, you know, he had a big game." He's Man. had some good plays, but I've never said this kid had a good, you know, big game. I, I don't expect anything out of, out of like, I, I hear, I hear people, I don't mean you, but I'm saying like people say Kayvon Wallace or Davion Taylor. It's like, we would have seen something by now. Right now yeah. You know, they've had their opportunities. Yeah. You know, so we would have seen something. I just think they're good role players. They're here uh, for special teams need also. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, they're, they've become good special teamers. That's yeah. for sure. You need but that. Obviously. If you're expecting one of those two to step in and all of a sudden just turn it on, I think at this stage they are what they are. All right. All right. So that, they're the questions, right? And then here's the confidence. And there, this is, to me, this side of the ledger is a lot longer than the other side. But Jalen Hurts, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute with, with the, you know, the, the, the offseason that he's had getting his contract and all that. But Jalen Hurts comes in as a runner-up MVP. In just his third year last year, uh, second year as a starter, huge leaps and bounds. And we know the work ethic is there. And the guy, I think, is just going to get better and better and better. Uh, So and and there isn't doesn't appear to be much weakness in his game. He has a great offensive line, arguably the best offensive line in football. He's got 2000 yard receivers who Mm -hmm. I think are still young enough where they're just getting better. Yep. Including A.J. Brown, a, a good tight end. They have a pass rush that will be, I think, in the top three in terms of getting to the quarterback still. 
they have th- right now, you know, three rushers who have double digit sacks last year. Uh, they have a secondary that does return Slay and Bradbury and Avante Maddox, which means you're pretty settled at that cornerback position. Yep. In pretty good shape there. You have a head coach who, in just a second season, took the team to the Super Bowl in a 14 and three record, has been to the playoffs twice in his Eagles tenure. Uh, you have a GM who is now considered arguably the best in football or in in the in the class of the top five. You have a culture surrounding this team that is excellent. And you have an owner who is nothing but stable uh, where you see, you know, Washington and some of these other teams that have bad ownership groups, the Cleveland, et cetera. Uh, th- there's a lot to be said for that. Like that's a lot. When you have a team that has a good quarterback, a pass rush, a good mm-hmm. offensive line, like that's usually the things you, you, you check off for. Yeah. This team's going to be really good. And the Eagles have all of those things. Trio of great pass uh, catchers. Yep. Uh, I agree. There's so many positives with this team. Um, you can't help but be excited about the prospects. The fact that they b- basically bring the entire offense back intact, except for one spot. That's huge. When you consider every team every year in the offseason as multitudes of free agents. And as we saw, the Eagles lost five, but they were mostly on the other side of the football. Mm-hmm. You know, So this offense is still, I expect, as I said last week, to be a, a, at a minimum averaging 28 points a game at a yep. minimum 28 points a game. And that'll win you a lot of football games. Um, if the defense can just sporadically get turnovers, they're going to be right back in this thing at the very end again. Um, I think the positives by far outweigh the negatives. If I have question marks, it's how do you handle the running back situation? And I know Nick Sirianni said already, um, Hey, if a guy if a guy's hot, I don't I have no problem riding him, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's easier said than done in a lot of cases. Sometimes you can outthink yourself, you know, which can cost you crucial points of a game. Um, having a waste of time out because you know you thought you had the right personnel in for this down and distance, and you didn't. You got a waste of time out. Things like that. Um, but for the most part, everything you said in a positive light to me by far outweighs the negative on this team. Now it just has to all come together, you know. It's almost like it's almost too good to be true when you look at this team, the way it's set up uh, to perform this year. Yeah, there, there is there's always that little piece of you, right, that, that just sort of you hope. But you also there's a little piece that's like, oh, something bad. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah, there is that that little that little slice that, that does it to you. Um, we were talking about this during the pre-show meeting, uh, you, me and Tone, our producer. And, you know, Tone made an interesting point. You know, as much as we view Jalen Hurts as just rock solid and how, how can't you? I mean, this guy, from a character standpoint, is as good as it gets. Yep. But there was a lot. He's a human being. And there was a lot that happened this offseason. He got, you know, for a minute, he was the highest paid, what, player in the game, I think. Yep. Until Lamar got his deal. That's right. Until Lamar got his. All right. So, yep. so for a minute, he had, the, he had the highest contract in the NFL. He had just amazing growth and success last year. Just incredible. Um, you know, a lot of people singing his praises, whereas up until last year, he really kind of lived his life as sort of the underdog guy. You yeah. know, he's the guy yeah. who got benched at Alabama. He's the guy who got taken in the second round. He's the guy who wasn't going to start because Carson Wentz was here. He's the guy you still doubt can throw the ball well enough and all that. Now a lot of that has been chipped away, rightfully so. Um you know, it's heady stuff that, that he's a part of right now. So how much 
does all of this stuff, all of the quote unquote distractions and noise, rat poison, as he likes to call it from his Nick Saban days. Mm. How much does that, do you think, if you're only human, do you feel a little bit of that? In his case, not one iota. Um, he understands the magnitude of what has happened. He's now one of the highest paid players in the game. He's going to go about his business the same way, even keel. Yeah, I think he's a he's a consummate poker player. Um, even when they lose, you don't see him just irate about it. He gives you a well-thought-out answer, and we keep moving forward. It, it's going to happen this year. There's no team in the league that's going to go undefeated. So, you know, how do you overcome that? That, just, that defines the better teams. How do you overcome that one-down moment? Some teams after that first loss can't recover; it just spirals downward. Mm-hmm. The better teams find a way to come across to, to overcome that. I think with Jalen Hurts, it's not about the money to him. He he's got the money. It's about finishing what he started last year, and I think that's all you're going to hear him talking about it through training camp and the course of this season, trying to finish what they what they didn't finish last year. I think he's as focused a young man as you can possibly ask for when you have to, when you consider his age. And his poise for that for that age, um, he's the perfect guy that you want running your offense, coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. There's no big headedness with this kid. No. There's none, you know. And I expect him to handle his business the exact same way that he did just a year ago. I I agree with you. I I think if there's any young player who's been put in this position that he's been put in that's impervious to the distractions. It's this guy. If you, if you went into a lab and wired a, a professional athlete, you would wire them exactly the way that this guy is put together Mm -hmm. because he can fend off all of it because it's not about the nonsense. It's not about the cars and it's not about the money in the house. You ever see, you don't see videos of this guy. Like you know, you'll see that's all the stuff with Ben Simmons we'd always see or, or some other athletes. When do you ever see any of that with Jalen Hurts? Never. Yeah. Never. It's not like look at what I'm pulling up in, look at my look at my house, look at whatever. I'm out at the club. You don't see any of that kind of stuff. Jalen Hurts is focused on the task at hand. And believe me, man, as much as nobody blames him, like we don't blame him, Eagles fans don't blame him. He's thinking about that mistake that he made. And he's thinking, if I didn't make that mistake, we'd probably win the game, even though he was great in that game other than that one play. That's just the way he is. That's the way that he thinks. He's not saying, patting himself on the back, I had a great year. I had a great Super Bowl. No. He's saying, we lost the game, and I got to do things better. I got to be better. He is the ultimate first in, last out. Great example to everybody else because he's making more than anybody is that I got to put the work in. See, Jalen and his Eagles team are now going to go through a, 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 a vital learning process of what it means. Now, there's enough veterans on this team to understand this, what it means to be the target of every team you face coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. You know, the holdovers from that team and that won Super Bowl 52, they fully understand that. But there's a whole new collection of guys, the Devontae Smith, the A.J. Browns, the Jalen Hurts, that have not experienced that yet. They will this season against much, much more formidable opponents. Um, Kansas City expects that every year. They have a different mindset because for the last three or four years, they expect to be the team everybody measures themselves by, and they handle themselves well, having gone to three of the last Super Bowl, uh, uh, three of the last four Super Bowls and winning two of them. Um, 
New England Patriots for 15 years understood that, you know, what it meant. You know, they, they, they kept enough veteran nucleus in there, and, and, and it was just beating into these guys' heads. They understood what it meant to be the focal point of every opponent you play every week. You are every team's Super Bowl, conference championship, how, divisional title game, however you want to look at it. And they're going to be that team this year in the NFC. Kansas City already knows what's coming. They're, they're the ones holding the trophy. And you got 31 other teams trying to take it from them. Mm-hmm. The Eagles want that trophy. They want that opportunity. But the road to get there now becomes that much more difficult because you finished number two instead of number one. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, that that's how you regain – your sort of, you know, dog mask thing. I'm not saying go back to that. Right, I'm just using right. an example, like the chip on your shoulder thing. The chip on their shoulder thing now isn't so much like the Eagles are the favorites in, in the NFC by, by almost all measures, maybe the number two team in the, in all of the NFL behind the chiefs. Yep. But the way that you, you, you get that, that back is that sort of underdog mentality is yeah, everybody's gunning for us. We, every, we're going to get everybody's best every single week here. And if we're not ready we're going to get our, our our heads knocked off by these teams. So that's how you get yourself motivated and ready. And Sirianni saying, hey, guys, remember that confetti that we all had coming and falling on our head and falling in our hair? We were walking off the field. Do you want that feeling again? You want to be the team holding the trophy up? You want to be the other team watching somebody else hold the trophy up? That's how you do it. Simply put, I mean, that's how they're going to do it. And that's how you're going to have to do it. We've seen plenty of teams buckle to this kind of thing. We know what the odds are. The odds are hard. It's going to be hard for Kansas City. As perfect as things look there, it's going to be hard for them because when was the last Absolutely. time somebody repeated? It's been 20 years. Absolutely. You know, the difference is this Eagles team is is not is not an underdog. Um, they're not sneaking up on anybody. No. You know, that, that 17 team, that 2017 team, kept losing players and all the pundits kept doubting them. You know, uh, you're not going to get you, – you, there's no way you're going to finish the number one seat. They did. No way you're going to beat uh, uh, who was it Atlanta in that playoff game? They yep. did yep. Minnesota. There's no way you're going to smoke Minnesota. You did. Surely you can't beat New England. So they rode that underdog moniker uh, to the highest of highs. Mm-hmm. This time, it's it's us against them, boys. Mm-hmm. Every week, it's us against them. Yep, they're coming for us. You know, we can't hide anymore. You know, everybody since the off season. Pick the Eagles to get back to the Super Bowl as we get as we approach the regular season. Everybody's picking the Eagles as the number one team in the NFC again. Well, you got a lot of a lot of teams out there that will say, you know what? If they're the number one teams, how good are we? Well, there's only one way to find out. Yep. We're gonna go through them. And and just on, staying on this, but back to Hurts. I, what I think is great too is you got a guy with the right mentality. You have a guy who you've given the proper weapons to. And I think he's got he's going to have again really good coaching with the head coach and the guy who's taking over as the offensive coordinator who has such familiarity with him. Like, you know, I I have belief in these coaches, Derek, the new ones. Even though you, I put them on the question list because you know we have to see first. But if there was ever a better situation for a smooth transition at the defense at the offensive coordinator spot, it's this yeah. one. Yeah. You had a guy who was there as a quarterback's coach who's known this this guy since he was a little kid, okay? Nobody knows Jalen Hurts better than, than than this guy, other than maybe his, you know, his family. Mm-hmm. So he knows what makes him tick and what his strengths are. I couldn't agree more. And and hopefully he plays and plays to that throughout the course of this season. Uh it's that's a big responsibility. 
when you step in for a guy like Shane Steichen, um, who was an excellent play caller, as we found out. Very good. Um, and you were the understudy. You watched, you listened, Sirianni and Steichen go about their business. Now you step up a notch in responsibilities. And everything that you do will be uh, compared to what the predecessor did. And anytime you make a mistake, it's going to be magnified even more so. Yep. You know, um, I'm assuming Brian Johnson has sat down endlessly with Jalen Hurts this offseason. What do you like in this offense? What do you want to see different in this offense? What do you want to try that you didn't do last year? All of these things have to come into play. And as the season progresses, Rob, they're going to be adding things and they're going to be deleting things as well. There's certain things that they may have in early on. You know what? I don't like that. Right. And, and that's how you get better. You know, um, unfortunately, and not, not in Jalen's case, but we see this with Aaron Rodgers. When you get to an Aaron Rodgers status, you handcuff a coaching staff and a play caller because you, you basically tell them what you're going to run and what yeah. you're not going to run. Right. So you can't run the full offense and you become a little bit more predictable. The one thing about this offense was it was not a predictable offense. You don't know what they were going to do next. In running situations, they threw the ball. In passing situations, they ran the ball. You know, you don't know what they're going to do. That's how you got to keep these defenses on their heels. Mm-hmm. You got to keep them unpredictable. And so Brian Johnson is under – he's just like Desai, just like Matt Patricia. Brian Johnson, just like Michael Clay, under a microscope as much – Derek, uh, you froze for a minute there. Yeah. You th- am I here? Yes, am you're back. Okay. <laughs> he just froze for a second. Oh, That's all good. I, I said, you know, Brian Johnson, Johnson, just like anybody else in that organization, wh- whether it's Matt Patricia, yep. uh, Sean Desai, um, you, you're, 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 your job responsibility is magnified now because no you, you have the most loaded team in the NFC. You have the probably the top offense in the NFC. And you are pulling the strings on this offense, and you have the best quarterback. And you know, you have the, the best quarterback. Yeah. So, so look, the bar set high. This is, you know, you you better be able to hit the ground running here. This is not learning on the. You you better be ready for this. You were hired. They brought the side in from the outside for a reason. They elevated Brian Johnson for a reason. You know, yeah. you better be ready. Yeah. So. I, look, I, I as, as we talked about a lot, I have more of a grace period for the defense. I think the side there's some things that he's going to have to figure out, uh, which is going to be more challenging than I think the job that Brian Johnson has in front of him. So I I'm understanding that I'm saying that right now that I think it's going to take the defense a little bit with some of the new faces, but okay. okay. Well, how much of a grace period do you give Brian Johnson? Not, not, not as much Derek. And maybe no, that's no. not fair. You know, maybe it isn't fair, but when I, when you have the talent that he has across the board, almost, I don't give him as much leeway as I do. Uh, the others but for a guy who's never called a game right you know what i'm saying that's fair i mean it's yeah it's not like nick is, is calling the place right you know, he has input obviously but he he's you know yeah i i agree with you like it's it's uh, maybe i'm being a little unfair to brian johnson but i just think there's so much talent that you should be able to overcome any little hiccups early with that that kind of firepower well, see, they have I, I don't i don't think i don't think we're being unfair to brian um I look at it like this, Rob. It's Nick Sirianni's offense. Okay. Yeah. He's the one who put Brian Johnson at the helm of this offense now. You know, Nick Sirianni could have very easily done what Mike McCarthy did. Hey, I'm calling the plays this year. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't trust Brian. I just think until we get comfortable, at some point I could turn it over to Brian. Um, but it, but initially I think I'm going to call the plays. No, he said right out of the gate, this is Brian's, Brian's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to turn the reins over to a guy who's never called a, a, a game in the NFL, it's a big responsibility on both the head coach and the offensive play caller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, again, it's one thing to watch and listen to other people do it. Now that onus is on you and you're human, you're going to make mistakes. We understand that. Can you minimize those mistakes? Yeah. To the point where it doesn't cost you. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah. It's a million dollar question. You know, that's for sure. Uh, But it's going to be fun watching. That's we know that much. Uh, Yeah. So week one, New England. And again, I I keep, I always check these lines to see if there's anything, anything up with them. Uh, If there's any kind of movement. But uh, the Eagles, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little taste of what the lines are in week one. Let me just real quick. Eagles are still minus five. That hasn't moved. Okay. okay. All right. 425 against New England on the road. Okay. All right. Let me, let me, let me get, get your guess. So the Lions and the Chiefs open things up on Thursday. That's September 7th. That yep. game's in Kansas City. Yeah. All right. What do you think that spread is? Eight. Right. You're close. It's seven. Okay. It's seven. seven. Okay. Kansas City is our yeah, the Chiefs are seven point favorites over the Lions. I think that's because they're home. About right. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Uh over under 54. A lot of points. That's a high total for an NFL I game. That. I expect that. Um, like I said, Kansas City was a bend but don't break defense. Yeah. And those young kids they played with last year, now a year older, year wiser. Will Chris Jones be there? Uh, that remains to be seen. He's the heart and soul of that defense. Right. Okay. I fully expect him to make his stance and come back and play whether he gets because he's making decent money. He's not like he's making chump change. He's still making about 20. Like it's yeah, you're right. He's getting paid. He's, he's worried about the uh, uh, contract not being where they want to be at this point. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And I without saying it, I could tell like we'll and we'll get into this more later, but Andy Reid usually gives you nothing in those kind of settings when they ask him a question. And he even said, "Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he didn't show up." Like that to me, by Andy's standards, that's a little something. It was a little something, Derek. Not 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 end of the world type of stuff, but but a little something. Um, I want to I want to put something in your wheelhouse that I'm looking at right now. Sure. And you being a native Philadelphian, yep, and a full supporter of your Philadelphia teams, you bleed Philadelphia, green, red, whatever colors the team is wearing. I'm looking at John Doe's comment, okay. and he says, "You Philadelphia people give Hertz too much leeway." Hertz is fool's gold. Mr. Ellis, as a Philadelphian who staunchly supports your Philadelphia teams, how do you respond, sir? I would say it's it's nonsense. It's not fool's gold. Uh, if you look at the improvement from his second season, which was his first year as a starter, when he first took it over, you could see market improvement. But what you saw last year was leaps and bounds, and that's not a coincidence. Uh, when – you only throw six interceptions when you write, you raise your completion percentage as high as he did. I mean, if you look at what he was the year before to what he was, so he. Uh, yards per touch per uh, throw up touchdowns up way up. In fact, um, pa- passer rating from 87.2 to 101.6. Th- that they those are not coincidences okay Th- that's the reality of the situation of someone who is just improving and improving 
and improving. And he's also been groomed very well. Like they put him in a good position his first year with Doug, who's a quarterback's guy. Nick Sirianni's a quarterback's guy. Shane Steichen is a quarterback's guy. Brian Johnson's a quarterback guy. Tansy's a quarterback's guy. They have grown him and they've given him the proper weapons around him. Like I hear the weapon thing all the time. Oh, what do you, what do you expect? He's got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Well, I'm I'm sorry. For most of Mahomes' career, he had Tyree Kill. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Yep. He he had John Taylor. He had Roger Craig. You need weapons around you. Joe Burrow has arguably the best threesome of receivers in the game. If you if you look at them with, with Chase and Boyd and T. Higgins. It shouldn't be a knock that he has talent around him. And he's as focused and driven as anybody, which means he's not going to be a one-hit wonder, which means you're not going to see a flash in the pan. You're not. He's not wired that way, and he's getting better and better and better. That's see, how I would answer in, in, in Jalen Hurts accounted for 37 touchdowns. He ran for six, 760 yards. Um, he didn't make mistakes. Nope. Are you going to blame a quarterback for being gifted with talent around him? No, nope. nope. because there's court. There's been quarterbacks that have had talent. They couldn't pull the trigger and deliver the goods, you know, and end up being habitual backups. Um, Jalen Hurts did exactly what the organization asked of him. They played to the strengths of his attributes beautifully. Um, and like you said, he improved tremendously statistically across the board. Um, Jalen Hurts is a real deal. You don't you don't accidentally finish number two in the MVP voting and miss two games and say, basically, uh, he, he's fool's gold. Now, yeah. I understand to make that comment, that, that, that dude's trolling, you know, yeah. make that comment. But I just wanted to just, I just wanted to stoke your fire a little bit <laughs> because it's a Philadelphia thing, you know? If, you know what? Honestly, and, you know, I know Wentz had, had the great 17 season uh, until he got hurt. But I think two things happened with Wentz. He, the injuries did – help bring him down i i do think that played a, a role in it but i also don't think he was wired the right way i think he thought he had all the answers from everything you hear about jalen hurts is he's very coachable yes you can get on him all right we need we, look your footwork whatever and he'll he'll listen and work on it where from what we heard wentz was very much i got this you know like i got it leave me alone that, to me, is another reason why Jalen Hurts is just going to get better. I mean, think about it. I, I say this all the time to you, Derek. He's 25, whatever he is. You ask most I, – I was watching something on Dan Marino the other night, and Dan Marino's like, look, I was blessed. I had a cannon, you know, we, we whatever. Yeah. I, I had success yeah. pretty early in, in, the, in the game. He said, I didn't really hit my stride till I was like 28. Yeah. He said, right when I got about that age is when I understood – I really – the game slowed down for me. I don't even know if we're in the slowdown stage for Jalen Hurts yet. I don't think so. I think he's past that. I think he's mastered that yeah. that element of the game. No moment is too big or too small for Jalen, as he showed throughout the course of last season. You know, is he human? Yes. He made a few human errors. But for a young quarterback to protect the ball as well as he did, he only had six interceptions the entire season. Yep. How many fumbles did he have during the regular season? Not many. Yep. He had one glaring mistake in the Super Bowl and still helped tally 35 points for a team that could have very easily won that And answered Bowl. right back after that fumble. Yes. Didn't yes. didn't hang his head. There are a lot of quarterbacks that would have gone in the shell, would have been gun shy after a situation like that on the biggest game in the, uh, on the stage. Um, and he didn't. If anything, he got better as the game progressed. Yep. You know, so Jalen Hurts, I can't wait. Jalen's 24, 25 now. I can't wait to see what he's like when he's 27, 28. 
Right. And I, and I see like, there are some people that, that, that will, will look at his um, touchdown passes say, Oh, that's, that's not a big number. First of all, he got 35 touchdowns running and, and throwing. I don't care yes. how you get them. But number two, the Eagles were, were so destroying most teams last year that he didn't throw in the fourth quarter. Very few times did he throw in the fourth quarter. Right. He also missed two games and really in that last game against the Giants was compromised. So you're talking about three games and a bunch of times where other teams, if, if it was more competitive game, he would have been throwing more in the fourth quarter. Yep. So this is where, you know, the like people like Texas boy and other people who have no idea what they're looking at will throw numbers out there without really comprehending what went on during the season. Exactly. So, you know, there's a danger of just burying your head in stats or trying to make your point with stats. When you actually look at the games and watch every game like we do and understand what's happening, you know, could the Eagles have rolled up some scores and gotten Jalen some more numbers? Yeah, perhaps they could have. Why take that risk? There's no point in that. No. You run the ball and you milk clock and you end the game and you get out of there with a, with a W, which is what it's supposed to be all about. So again, whatever, like that stuff, a lot of it is just nonsense trolling, but, but to me, I feel really good that this guy's just getting better and better and better. I truly believe that. I I can agree agree with you more. All right. Let's uh, step aside for a sec. Let's come back. Hey, we got some fun stuff in store for you with the, with the football stuff. So our, our greatest series continues with the Falcons today, Derek. Um, but there's a lot of NFL news. Like it's like the regular season. There's so much to talk about. Training camp, baby. Training camp is among us. I'm telling you, man. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll get into all that uh, in a little bit, and certainly uh, talk some fills as well. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about my guy Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because look, I, I it took me far too long to find the right person to trust with my hard earned money and my investments. And, and, you know, once I did, and once I got with Jim, it it was the best experience that I've had. And I want you to have that experience as well, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you look, if you're just not sure that you're invested the right way, reach out to them and, and, and just have a chat with them. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. That's how you reach him. You could also email him. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety covering green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hey, what are you eating over there? Huh? What are you eating over there? I, You know what I, I was eating? Um, some chips, tortilla oh, chips. The, the, uh, the, uh, are those the Tostito scoops? The scoops. I love the scoops. Yeah. With the with the salsa, you keep the oh, salsa in there, so man. Yeah. They're the best, right? They're the, oh, if I have, I have my choice. I'm getting the scoops every single time over just the flat chip. It's better, so much better. You know what? I like the Tostitos flat chips, but they break too easy. Yeah, as soon as you dip, they break. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up food, and this is not pertaining to your weird food habits, but just a food question in general. Yeah, we all yes. get to the point where we after have, I after I see after you shoot me, I get, no, get a shot somehow. No, yes. no, no, but we we all get to a point where we have certain foods, <laughs> yeah, that we just acquire a taste for. It could be as simple as Tostitos chips, certain sure. peanut butter, to yep. where if you eat a different brands, like ah, I can't eat this. And my my kids will say that I'm bougie sometimes because certain peanut butter is like I like Jif. I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm a Peter Pan guy. Yeah, I, I can't I can't have generic brand. Like with you, okay, Cheerios. Could you eat an off-brand Cheerios and enjoy them the same? See no. what I mean? We just have certain foods, certain certain palate palates just need certain things. Like when it comes to like certain plain potato chips, like I like Jay's, Frito-Lays. Yep. And sometimes, you know, my family shops at Aldi, and they have a lot of good stuff, but they'll yep. bring an Aldi brand type potato chip, and I'm like, eh. I know. You, you always hesitate at first. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, Doritos. It's got to be Doritos. Don't give me an off-brand Dorito. I'm with yeah. you there. Yeah. See what I mean? Yep. See, it has nothing to do with you. See, I'm trying to be – it's Monday, Rob. I'm in a good mood. I had a good weekend. The grandkids drove me nuts this morning, as I told you guys earlier. All three of them, well, they were they were in rare fashion this morning. Man. You know what I also like speaking of? What? When you get a hard taco shell, you know the new ones that they make now that are like kind of square at the bottom. Yes, yes. they hold the meat and everything else in there better. They, they do. don't break easy. I like that, man. I like I like the standard taco shell. It's just <laughs> it's just a personal preference. I, I understand you. when you bite into it, it all of a sudden is like the San Andreas fault. Yeah, it just pops right down the, the middle. Yeah. yeah, but see, I like biting and catching at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's 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 just you know. Uh, Kevin Savard has asked me this question several times uh, throughout the show. So let me approach. Kevin asked me, did I get the table done? You know, I told you last week my oh, wife yeah. wanted to get a table. Mm-hmm. No, Kevin, I did not because my wife ordered these dinette chairs for the kitchen, right? Okay. They were the absolute worst in terms of putting them together. Oh, really? Um, 
I, I put one together. My wife saw it. Number one, it was too low. It was like a glorified kitty's chair. <clears throat> so we put them all back in the box and shipped them back. Okay. So now she's contemplating um, what kind of chair she wants. So until she orders the chair, I'm not doing the table because I have to, we have to bring the table up from the basement and it will have to take her spot in the garage which means another car will be put in the driveway. There's already enough cars in the driveway. Mm -hmm. So I get out of doing the table for at least a few more weeks. Who knows? She could be out ordering them today, knowing her. Yeah. The way stuff is delivered in this house, you know, she ordered, or she just left. So I did, she ordered in the last couple of weeks, seven different rugs. wanted to change the rugs in the foyer, okay? Yeah. We have a round table in the foyer, so she had to get a round one for that one. She orders one, not wide enough. She ordered another one. The color that she saw in the picture, not the same color as the rug when it got here. Uh, then the longer rug, the rectangle rug, she ordered some of those. Not the colors she thought she was getting. Too short, too long. Uh, seven different rugs, Rob. Took back to UPS. Oh God, really? You think I'm kidding? There's seven, uh, seven different rugs, yes. And um, I expect it to be more of the same to come. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. Wow. So, yeah, so so Kevin, no. I'm not, I've not done the table. But I know it's coming. You know it's coming. So all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right. So a couple things uh, with the Phillies, Derek. Let Let's just dive into where things are right now in the standings because if you look at the wild card, it is crazy tight. Okay. Yes. So here's here's where everything is is basically a half game. So yeah, the Reds are the number one team right now. They're a half game up on on both Arizona and San Fran. They're tied. Yep. Yep. Phillies are a half game behind Arizona and San Francisco, as are the Marlins. Yep. So you have five teams that are basically separated by a game. That's it. This thing is cut. It's going to be a wild race to the yes. end. I'm telling I, you. I expect it to be this way all the way to the bitter end. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, a few teams are better than we thought they would be. I didn't think Arizona would be as good as they have been this year. I didn't think Miami would be as good as they have been this year. Um, but those teams uh, are going to be there at the very end. I didn't think the Phillies would be as mediocre after the additions they made. I didn't think the Phillies would be as mediocre um, as, as they've been. Um, and there's still teams on the outside looking in. You got the Cubs, you got the Padres, they're five and a half and six back. But you got to pay attention to them as well. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm loving this, Rob. And the thing is, you see Cincinnati, you see Cincinnati right now at the head of the wild card race. Hey, tomorrow could be Milwaukee. I know that, that division is just going. Flipping. Yeah, it's like every week it changes. You know, yep. is Milwaukee one week and Cincinnati the next week? That's going to be a, a race until a bit in. Right now, Milwaukee's only a half game up on Cincinnati. The Reds, once again, they've won five in a row. Mm -hmm. You know, they're on a hot streak again. Yeah. You know, and the Brewers are up like the, the Brewers are like are like the Phillies up and down. The Brewers lost two out of three to Atlanta over the weekend, but then again, everybody loses to Atlanta. So you know that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, but I, I I'm enjoying this race. I know we hone in on the Phillies, but every day I'm watching the standings to see who's up, who's down. You know, Arizona was number one out west. Now all of a sudden the Dodgers are leading the division again. I know. And Arizona's yeah. dropped into a tie with San Francisco in second place in that division. You know, it feels like it, the only, I don't know, the the one real lock, obviously, is Atlanta. Nobody's yep. catching Atlanta. I mean, yep. let's, let's be real about that. I'm talking about in the National League, not, not yep. the AL. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the West could could keep flipping. You know, if, I, I feel like L.A. is starting to distance themselves a little bit. But yeah. 
you know, the Diamondbacks and, and the Giants aren't that far off. You know, the team we, we kept waiting, waiting, waiting for that. I, I just don't feel like it's happening. Padres. Yes. I just, it's yes. just something's off there with that team. There's too much talent for them to be what they are. The thing is, they're, 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 they're minus four games in the win-loss column, but they're plus 52 in a run differential. Yeah. They can score runs. They just can't stop people from scoring. Yeah. You know, that's and that's, that's a streaky team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're and they're like – they're ten games out behind the uh, Dodgers and they're six games behind the, the D-backs and the Giants. The Padres are a loaded team with talent. I don't know what's going on with that team, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, no question. So, there, look, there's that. Here's a couple things. So the good news is Wheeler pitched great. He didn't, you know, he didn't have anything to show for it, unfortunately. And I think Nola pitched pretty well, but the home runs are still a problem. So at least your two big boys pitched well. That's good. Here's the issue, Derek. You know, this this continues with Trey Turner, uh, both in the field and at the plate, his struggles. And I think we need to, like, move on from he's turning a corner eventually because he's too good. I, I don't know. I said that. You know, 249 yeah. on the season. He finally got over a, a 300 on base, but he's barely. He's at 302. 390 slugging percentage stinks. 690 OPS stinks. I think he has 10 errors in the field. Uh, you know, no, I think he, it's 11 now. He's up to 11. 11. Yeah. Legitimately bad year. I mean, just across the board for him. Uh, Castellanos, it, to his credit, he was great in the first half. He's really struggled here since the All-Star break. Yes, he uh, is. And he's fallen into some of those bad habits of chasing just low and away and automatically swinging no matter what. Um, Schwarber, 185 uh, batting average. You look at the strikeouts. Derek, he's got 131 strikeouts already through through 99 games. Um, are, you, are you surprised, though? That's what he no, no, I'm not. I'm not. The, the good news is, you know, because Harper played so well in the field and because I think they're either going to make a move or at least you'll you'll throw uh, Rojas or somebody else out there, he's not going to be playing the field anymore. I think we, we've gotten past that point, which is encouraging at least. Uh, the the positive news is Bryson Stott's been awesome all year. Yes. Uh, you know, Brandon Marsh is playing very well for them. Yeah, he, He's hitting 279, 280. Um, Stott's over 300. You know, you, you've gotten help from from your sort of bottom tier guys. The other one I should put in there is a big offensive concern is Real Muto. 244, Derek. Yeah. Did you see his strikeout yesterday? Awful. You. Oh, my God, was that bad. It was but, bad. But it, was, it, was it any worse than what we've seen Harper, Turner, Castellanos, Schwarber strike out when they've struck out? Dude, it, it's an epidemic. Yeah. The entire lineup is swinging at pitches. That are that are outside, way outside, low breaking. Mm-hmm. They can't handle breaking pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? We were talking about it earlier last week. The previous weekend was it was it Castellanos or Turner who swung at a third strike that, oh. that it bounced in the dirt before it was it got Castellanos. To the it was unbelievable. It bounced and he, it and bounced he in front of the plate. Yep, and he struck out on it. Mm-hmm. This has been an epidemic, Robin. That's why I said I can't get too high on this Phillies team. They yep. haven't shown me enough yet. Right. It really right. haven't. Yeah. No, yeah. listen, it's fair. The only team, the only team that we know that they can handle right now on a consistent basis is Washington. That's the right. only team we know. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like very, very gently turn the page with one eye open every day just to see what might happen. <laughs> but I can't, that's what, but you know what? 
I wouldn't be surprised as bad as they played to come in here and roll over Baltimore. I, but then again, I said that last week. I thought they would sweep the Brewers. And the way they lost to the Brewers, once the Brewers got to the back end of their bullpen, it was over. It was over yeah. for the Phillies. You know? Yeah, the, the tough thing is you don't really know what the identity is. Like they're, You know what I mean? Like I don't know. They're not an offensive team. They're not a power team. Uh, you know, they've gotten pretty good relief pitching. I will say that. Uh, so maybe that's what they are. But I, I don't know exactly what they are. Now, trade deadline in eight days, Derek. One of the, the, the hot name now is Tommy yep. Pham. Okay. He's been the he's been the hot name that's been bandied about. He's 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 a Met now. He's bounced around San Diego, St. Louis. Uh, you know, he's been a lot of different spots. But he's the latest guy that they're talking about. He's in the last year of his deal. Uh, you know, he 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 can do a lot of different things. He's got some pop. He's a pretty good hitter. He's a pretty good fielder. Uh, you know, solid. He's a solid player. Like he would definitely be an upgrade out there for sure. He's 35 years old. It's a short-term thing. Yep. Um you know, I, I can live with that if you're not giving a ton up to get him. Okay. But but like I asked you in the show meeting, if you have a number one priority and one only, yeah, you want an arm or do you want a bat? Here's my order. I, I go bat. No, 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 no. No order. Just one. Just bat. one. You get one. Bat. Get an arm. Yes, because they don't hit home runs. This team does not have any pop, Derek, because, of, because Harper's not hitting home runs. Turner's not – uh, we lost Derek. I guess we lost Derek. Uh, here's why I say that. Okay. So if you look at the Phillies, Derek, if you can hear us, we lost you. If you want to jump back in. Um, here's what we have in terms of the home runs. Yes. There's Schwarber with his 26. I think we have Derek back. There you go. Hi. That was my bad. I did that, bro. That was I, me. I know when you go that fast, you hit the wrong button, but anyway, I didn't want to I had your back, okay? I blamed it on technical issues. Look, bro, you know, you know me. I'm a big boy. I, I call it like I see it. Hey, if it's on me, brother, call it. Just call D, Just say, D-Gun did yeah. it again. I got your back. You you <laughs> want to call yourself that, you do that. I won't call you out. <laughs> D-Gun uh, did it again. <laughs> uh, no, so here's what I was saying, Derek. This is why I said uh, a bat. All right, if you take Schwarber, yeah, we know he has 26 home runs. All right, just for a second, put that aside. After that, you got Castellanos with 14. You have Trey Turner with 10. You have Real Muto with 12. Nobody else is in double figures for home runs. And, and this was a team that was supposed to be a power team. Yeah, you had some bad luck. Hoskins got hurt. Harper's coming back from the injury, so he isn't quite the power hitter. You understand it a little bit. But there have been other guys who have underachieved on you. And therefore, to me, I got to try and bring in some offensive pop. That's what, that's my justification. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Depending on what you could get in terms of offensive pop, is there anyone in the lineup right now you would consider training? In the lineup? Um, is there anybody in the everyday lineup offensively that you would consider trading because you're just so thoroughly frustrated with them watching them night in and night out? Boy, it's a good question. That's a really good question. Am I going to sound counterintuitive when I say this? I, I would – I would if somebody would – I think if somebody would take Schwarber off my hands, I'd probably do it if I could get some pop back. Well, you have three years left. I think he signed a – or did he sign a four-year deal? I might have signed a four-year deal. Anyway, I would maybe think about that. He's such a limited player. Like, I know he hits home runs, but he can't field. He strikes out a ton. He can't run. I I would consider – I'm not really looking to move anybody. No, I know. In the lineup. But he's the one. Like, I wouldn't – Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know everybody wants Trey, Trey Turner now. I get it. No, no. But I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not trading Rail Muto. I don't want to move Bohm. I don't want to move Stott. I could say that for sure. Obviously, I'm not moving Harper. No, I don't think so, Derek, other than that. See, I know people are down to Real Muto, but he is one of the best catchers in the game, and I, and I got to have defense. You know, even the great teams in some areas give up offense if they have stellar defense at a certain position. Mm-hmm. And you can't – it's hard to replace his defense behind the plate. You know, and, and, I, and as much as he's struggling at the plate right now, I need him behind the plate, especially in big game moments. I get he's only hitting 244. Um, I, I get his home runs are down. He only has 12. But I, I got to have, you know, you look at your boy Schwarber, 372 plate appearances, 26 homers, nice, 61 ribbies, nice, 131 strikeouts. You know, they have one, two, three. They have four guys in the lineup that, that have already exceeded 100 strikeouts. I know. It's worrisome. No other way to put it. It's worrisome. Um, but I, the thing with a guy like, and really a lot of these guys, but let's just take Real Muto. They're streaky. So they're due. When they get going, they can carry you for a couple yeah. of weeks. Well, so is Castellanos, streaky hitter, mm-hmm. but he has a capability of, of of helping you in big situations, as we saw uh, mm-hmm. when he got September in the playoff run last year. Yep, I, I'm just I can't remember, Rob, and we've talked about this a number of times, and I've I've thought about this over the past week. I can't remember in recent history where you've had an entire lineup of hitters, yeah, especially big hitters that have gone in a tailspin like this entire lineup. Now, granted, we agree. The back end of the of their lineup has outperformed the front end in so many ways in terms of consistency. You know, you look at the big money they have on the front end of that lineup from, from Schwarber to Turner to, 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 to uh, Har- even Harper. I'm including Harper in this also. Yeah. Look at the money. Heck, between Turner and Harper alone, you got over $600 million locked up. Oh, yep, you do. You Are they playing like six hundred million dollar athletes? Yeah, no, not nope. even close. No, nope. you know. And I, I really I, look. I, I give Harper a bit of a pass here. I, I, I like he's still helping you in a lot of ways, right? He, he is. He's getting clutch hits. He had the he had the game winning single yesterday. He's now playing a you know a good first base. He's still hitting two ninety ish. The power's not there, and yes, that hurts them as a team for sure. But man, what you're getting out of Turner is just slop offensively and defensively. It, it's hard to even fathom. It really is how bad is, it's been. Is it safe to say that Turner is your Castellanos of 2023? He's getting there real quick, Derek. He's, he's on the fast track, man. He, he's on the Excella. Woo! There's no stopping. <laughs> oh, but they need him. All right, let's get a timeout in. Let's come back. Let's turn our sights back to football here. Um, we're going to move up our greatest series a little bit. So we'll do that in the next segment. And we'll jump into the Eagles running back usage because that's something Nick Sirianni addressed. And, and he talked about the way, you know, what he'd be open to, how he views it, those kind of things. I thought it was pretty interesting. So we'll do all that uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration. All right, we're in that, that point of the summer where 
you can get some hard rain, right? Some heavy rain, some crazy weather. And sometimes that can cause flooding. It can cause, you know, water damage, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever the case may be. When that's the case, and you're not really sure who to turn to, I got the people for you, and it's ProAction Restoration. The beauty is, too, they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So you have a problem in the middle of the night. You have a problem on a weekend, on a holiday, whatever. They will be there. I can tell you that from personal experience because it happened to me at my parents' house a number of years ago, and they got out there on a Saturday, and they cleaned everything up in a big, big way, and it was a great experience. Uh, They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, the stuff that is just too difficult for you to handle, reach out to them because they will take care of it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. 
up, everybody? Thank you for hanging with us. We do appreciate it. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's uh, swing it back to the uh, the old pigskin, Derek. Let's talk a little football here. Um, let's first do, talk about the Eagles running back usage, and then we'll get into our, our greatest series, which is the uh, the Atlanta Falcons today. Um, you know, they, they have three or four, excuse me, very competent guys as we enter camp here. Yep. With DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. So you mm-hmm. go in with four guys, none of which you'd feel bad, nope. you know, giving the ball to in any situation, which is great. Uh, but it's part of the model of the NFL now, Derek. They're, they're paying these guys, what, uh, 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 $7 million a year for all four, which is crazy to it's think ridiculous. about. Amazing. Um, but they all have their, their own, I'm going to sound like Liam Neeson here, uh, particular set of skills. Right. So, you know, DeAndre Swift is a home run hitter, really good catching passes out of the backfield. Rashad Penny is more of a power back with a very high uh, yard per carry average in his career. Extremely high. In fact, Boston Scott, whenever given the opportunity in short yardage is excellent. Kenneth Gainwell is is really a combo guy, kind of like Swift and that he can catch the ball as well out of the backfield. So you have you have four, you know, really nice players. I thought Sirianni was interesting. And when he was asked about this, he said, look. I'm not afraid of the committee thing, and I'm not afraid of using one guy. I, I really don't care. However the game goes is going to dictate what I do. Uh, if I got a guy that's hot, I'm rolling with him. If he's not or somebody else shows me a little something, I'm going that direction. If it's a game where nobody's really getting huge chunks, I'll I'll try a, a bunch of different things. He's, he's very open-minded, and I believe him. I don't think that's just coach speak about how they're going to approach this thing. And if he put it out there publicly, that means he's already had these discussions with the holdovers from last year, meaning Gainwell and Boston Scott, and these new guys before they decided to sign here in Philadelphia. And I do believe the new guys signed here basically because this gives me the best opportunity possibly at this moment in time in my career to get to that Super Bowl, something they haven't done before as well. Obviously, they didn't come here for the money. It wasn't about the money because I'm sure both, you know, both of them, Swift, uh, they, they could have got money, more money somewhere else, you know, but it's about putting themselves in a position to succeed. And they understand that. Now here's, here's the one caveat you have to keep watching for, right? Somebody's going to be unhappy. There's going to be somebody who's going to be unhappy because their touches are not going to be anywhere near what they will hope for. The only guy who will not be unhappy is Boston Scott because he knows his role, but Kenny Gaywell, if he, he's thinking, Hey man, I hope you guys get to the Super Bowl. I deserve my touches. DeAndre Swift, I've proven I'm a I'm a commodity in this league. I can I can break, game break at any given moment. I gotta have my touches. Penny has shown I'm as tough a runner as anybody in the National Football League, not named Derrick Henry. You know, I gotta get my touches. Somebody's somebody's not gonna be happy. You, you could be. I, I mean, I, look, the, the other interesting thing is all uh, the only guy who's under contract beyond this year is Kenny Gainwell. So you're gonna have three guys that all are going to want to go out there and play extremely well uh, simply because they're going to want to get deals, you know, paid more than they're getting paid this year, longer term deals than what they, you know, what they have right now currently. So there's reason for high motivation from all three of them. Um, But you're right. I mean, look, Rashad Penny decided to sign here. I know DeAndre Swift was a trade. Thank you for updating me, Tom. Yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, Boston Scott decided to come back. So you knew what you were getting. That's just the way it go. is. You know, you if you didn't like it, you could have gone elsewhere. At least two of them could have. Yep. 
Um, and, and I think the dynamic is, is I think on, on the plus side, these guys have to say to themselves, I, I should be fresher in games. You know, week in and right. week in, I should be fresher because of the depth here. There's nobody – if you look up and down rosters in the National Football League, there is no team in the league that has better quality of, of running backs yep. than the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. No team can say they can go four deep and feel real comfortable about inserting that person in any given situation. As long as they stay healthy. Well, it, it, you know what it is, it, Derek, and this is the old Andy Reid adage, fastballs. He uh, we love throwing fastballs. What he meant by that is this was in reference to the defensive line. This is when they really started to incorporate the rotation stuff where oh, yeah. you were always just, you know, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. I kind of think that's what this is. You know, you're throwing a lot of fastballs at him. And the other thing is it, it is reminiscent of 2017 in that Jay Ajayi was kind of your swift guy. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt was kind of your Rashad Penny. He was a battering ram. Yep. Yeah. So you have, you have your bruiser, you have your, your home run hitter. You have your your uh, you know, I, I think that you see traits in, in both Scott and Gainwell of both of those guys, which is you know kind of about right because they're the backups. And, and Corey Clement was a rookie change of pace guy. True. Who yeah. could, and we saw him in the Super Bowl. What you know, what a catch in the back of the end zone, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let me give you a couple updates NFL wise. So uh, according to Pro Football Talk, uh, MRI there's a report that the MRI reveals no structural damage to CJGJ's knee. Good. All right. So let's let's Good. start there. The Naheem Hines, which we didn't even really get into too much here, out for the season with a knee injury. Apparently, he was hit with a jet ski in the knee. What? Yeah, and he's done. Yeah. So that's a shame. That's yeah, yeah, like that's one of those things. Like uh, the guy's just kind of living his life, and 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 something really unfortunate happened. It just sucks. It sucks. So. I can't. I think of the play, who was a player that got hurt on a beach. Uh, I think running on a beach. And, oh, Robert Edwards. Yeah, tore up his knee or his Achilles. It was never or the same. It was. It was in one of those like Pro Bowl, you know, like flag yeah. football games or something. Yeah. I'm not gonna blame a guy for just enjoying himself before training camp starts. I'm not it's either. A, it's a freak accident that happened. But a jet ski. I wonder how. How was it at full force he got hit? Or, I mean, ooh. Yeah, that we don't ooh. know. I don't know. If we get more information, we'll. That's pass a shame. I know. That one's too bad, but 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 anyway, back to the, the good news on, you know, Gardner Johnson. But back to the Eagles running back thing. I I think, look, the, your greatest fear is obviously the first two guys are going to get hurt in some mm. capacity because of their mm-hmm. entire career, they haven't been able to stay healthy. That's what worries you more than anything else. I think in theory, in setup, on paper, this thing sets up nicely. You have yeah, four yeah. guys who can play who have different skills, and that's good. But like the big thing is. You know, by week eight, are you just down to Gainwell and Boston Scott and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, some guys you, you got off the street? That's what concerns you. Well, you know, if, if if Penny or Swift get hurt, I mean, you still have Trey Sermon in the fold unless they decide to cut him because of a uh, numbers game, you know. Yeah. Uh, I fully expect him to be on a practice squad as a, a safety valve. Um, And if both of those guys went down, I fully expect Howie Roseman to go out and find another proven back sitting out there waiting for somebody to call. So – as intriguing as the running back position is, and as much of a concern as the health of two of those guys are, I don't worry about it because Howie Roseman will find somebody. Yep. And in terms of finding somebody behind that offensive line, it's a plug-and-play situation. You know, yep. That offensive line is still going to do what it's doing. They're going to open holes for the backs. All the backs have to do is find the right hole. Something Miles Sanders didn't do as well as we liked him to is find the right hole. 
he'd always cut back when he should have kept straight or, you know, kept straight when he could have should have cut back. But still, he parlayed that into a 1,200-yard season. But if these guys run these stretch runs the way they're supposed to run, I hate to say this, it doesn't make a difference who's running behind that offensive line. They're going to get four or five yards of carry. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a really good setup that they have. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our uh, our greatest series. And what oh. we're doing is we're trying to lead you into camp, which you know some are underway. Everybody will be each and every team at some point this week will be you know, added. Uh, the Eagles are tomorrow. Clearly that's, you know, the, our, our big focus, but we've been doing our greatest uh, top 10 from, from each team thus far. I think we do the Eagles tomorrow. Don't you? How many teams do we have left? I was trying to say Eagles for a Friday. We're running out, out of teams. Close out a, close out a week with, with the Eagles right. on Friday. But Eagles Friday's fair. All right. We'll do that. Be six, seven teams left. If that. Yeah. We're, 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 we've almost, we've been doing this now for wow. a while. Um, all right. Let's do Falcons. You get first crack, as always. I want to go Michael Vick. Michael Vick redefined the dual-threat quarterback when he came into the league. You know, everybody was wild by what he did at, at Virginia as this running quarterback with a cannon for an arm. And sure enough, he hit the ground running uh, in the National Football League, same type of quarterback. He was the ultimate weapon. He was a novelty back in. Now – the dual threat quarterback is an everyday occurrence in the National Football League. Everybody's looking for, looking for already have that next dual threat type quarterback in the National Football League. But Michael Vick just transformed that position beyond belief. Big, strong guy. I should say he was six one, just strong and fast as the wind. I think he ran like a four three, yep, or four two four three, something like that. Um, had a good career, unfortunately. Never got to, to to compete for that Super Bowl trophy, and of course his career was tainted with the with the dog fighting incident. Yeah, he uh, lost a couple of seasons there, uh, but Michael Vick was a phenomenal talent that uh, put up some good numbers. He had over twenty two thousand yards passing for that organization, um, and what a hundred a hundred and thirty three touchdowns and eighty three interceptions, thirty six rushing touchdowns. Wow! Michael Vick put people in the seats everywhere he went. Whether you were a Falcons fan or not, everybody had to see the Michael Vick show. I agree. Look, I, it, you're right. The shame of it is he should have been there for for 14 years. Like he he should have been that guy, and it, you know it was all his own doing uh, and undoing, uh, if you will. But yeah, I mean he was he was such a remarkable talent. I mean the ability to to, to rip off 80 yards or flick a wrist and throw it 80 yards, and it all seemed so effortless. It really did. He was dynamic. Yep. Yeah, I remember when he went into Green Bay and won that playoff game when, when nobody gave Atlanta a chance. Oh man. And it just looked like they they were on their way. And it, it never, you know, now unfortunately it never came to fruition. He'll be the first one to tell you he should have worked harder too. You know, even even yeah. with all of his God given talent. Uh but no, he was he was a great player for sure. Look, yeah. I'll throw Dion in there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, when it was only five years, it was, it's crazy. He only played there 89 to 93. It was quick. Um, but all five years, he's a pro bowler and it wasn't just the ability to intercept passes or shut down a total side of a football field. It was the punt return ability that he had. He was a game breaker, uh, in so many different ways. And he's one of those guys very much like sauce Gardner, Gardner, who stepped right in there. And immediately you knew this guy was an elite of the elite. That's how good that guy was. So uh, even though it was short-lived and he ended up bouncing around a lot, San Fran, Dallas, a bunch of other places, it, it, to me, I th- I still 
those Falcon years are like just seared in my memory with him, with the way he started his career. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question about it. Um, his return game back then was just just lethal. You know, but back back in 1989, he was such a versatile athlete because he was playing Major League Baseball at the same time also. Right. He This guy in the same week hit a home run in the Major Leagues and scored a touchdown in the NFL in the same week. In, insane. It's, it's insane. He had a private – he'd have a private jet or a helicopter to take him from one game to the next. He was playing both games at the same time. Mm-hmm. And neither one suffered. No. Uh, it now, was unbelievable. It, it was, was what, what he was able to do. He would tell you, I dare you to throw at me. The teams will not throw at him. Now, he would tell you, he would, he, he, he didn't get paid to tackle. He would tell you that straight up. Hey, I'm not here to tackle. They asked mm-hmm. me to cover. Mm-hmm. You know, tackling was a business decision with Dion. Yes. But in his day, there was no better shutdown corner in the National Football League than Dion Sanders. Yep. No, no question. question. All right. If you, if you look now, when you came to arriving at Dion with the Atlanta Falcons, here's how I, had, I put him with the Falcons. He played five years in uh, Atlanta. Yep. And then he played one year in San Francisco and yes. then five years in Dallas. Yeah. And what it came down to was, all right, Atlanta drafted him. I got to go with Atlanta because that's yeah. where he made his mark. So mm-hmm. that's how I put him with Atlanta instead of Dallas. I, I, You know what? I'm I'm with you in that sense. Like he, I, he, he got a slight nod with Atlanta for me. But I get it. Like that impacts how I view some of these guys. Like, are they more of, of another team? Or are they more of this team? So that sometimes could leave somebody off the list potentially as I'm doing this. But who else do you have? I'm surprised you didn't put uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan was there 14 seasons. I had him as my number two. Okay. Yeah. Matt Ryan had an incredible career with the Atlanta Falcons. Unfortunately, he will always be associated with that team that blew the biggest Super Bowl league yeah. uh, in the history of the Super Bowl. That wasn't on him. That was more so on the defense than the offense. And coaching, too. And I didn't coach. like the way that was coached. Yeah. Yep. Um, but over 62,000 passing yards for his career. A good, a really good quarterback. Could you put Matt Ryan in the status of elite? I think he was. I, I think he, 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 he's, he certainly wasn't towards the end. No, no denying that. But I thought right. he had, I thought he was elite, Derek. I think he had five, six elite years. I do. His numbers I, are incredible. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And unfortunately, to me, he was like, again, that guy, Kirk Cousins, great regular season quarterback, just yeah. couldn't get it done in the postseason. Yeah. Always something happened with him. I think his stats in his postseason, he was four and six in his career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't blame all of that on the quarterback, but. He never really shined except for that one year he went to the Super Bowl. Uh, you're right. Uh, Matt Ryan Dank was an MVP one year, yes, and, and deservedly so. He had a couple of phenomenal years down in Atlanta, no question about it. Unfortunately, he never got to hoist that trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, look, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, so 14 seasons with the Falcons, almost 60,000 passing yards, 367 yeah. touchdowns, four Pro Bowls, and an MVP. Damn good. And, and, and you know, Represented the organization in, in, in a good way. So I, I'll give him some love there. For and sure. he's a Philly native, right? Yeah, he went to Penn Charter High School. There you go. There you yeah. go. Um, Julio Jones. I got to go Julio. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was surprised. Only two first-team All-Pros, but still seven Pro Bowls. Uh, yeah. He's He's been selected to the 2010 All-Decades team. The combination of size, speed, and hands that he had during his prime he, you know, he's had a couple of years where he, you know, we all know he's kind of hanging on at this point, but when he was, he was good. He was right there with any receiver in the game and fun to watch too, with the strength. Dude, a big receiver who could run, his hands were incredible. Oh. You know, he didn't, he didn't drop many passes, you know, uh, physical, 
fearless, uh, go over the middle, wasn't afraid to go over the middle, uh, didn't have the alligator arms, uh, tough as nails, man. Uh, a linebacker playing wide receiver, that was his mentality. Yeah. Uh, and I just love watching him play. Could go up, make the acrobatic catches, take the 50-50 balls nine times out of ten from a DB. Uh, just a complete receiver. Um, over 13,000 yards in his career. Will he be a Hall of Fame receiver when it's all said and done? Mm. I, yeah, it's a good question. I think he's, he's very close. He's very, very close. Oh, I didn't tell you. So, I, speaking of this, so uh, Daz brings this up. I like Kirk Cousins after watching QB. Mahomes loves him some Mahomes, and his wife is annoying as hell. So, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, so here are my takeaways. I watched the first two episodes. I'm going to watch a couple more tonight. Okay. Or hopefully I'll get one in before the Phillies game. So here, here's my takeaways, Derek. And I don't, have you watched all of them yet? Are you, are you done yep, with all of them? I've seen them all. Okay. Yep. I'm two in. And now mind you, I'm, I'm early, right? I'm early in it. Uh, one cousins does genuinely seem like a nice person. Like yes. he seems like a very grounded, like gets it, appreciates his lot in life guy. He seems great like analogy. Person. Yep. Uh, first thing. Second thing is, I don't know how much Marcus Mariota really wants to play football. Mm. I don't know that it hasn't mm. kind of beaten him down at this point. Just again, I, I need to see more. I'm only two in, so let me let me see more. And lastly, this is where I'm with Des. Mahomes' wife is a handful. Uh, He's a handful. Yeah, that that's whoa. an understatement. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You you can tell that she loves playing the role of. Um, a yeah. pro football player's wife. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a video that came out during the uh, NBA season where they're ki- sitting courtside at a game. And she's saying something. And he looks at her. He takes his arm from around her and says something to her and then looks away from her like, okay, enough is enough here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just um, like, cool, calm down a little bit, yeah, please. You know, yeah. uh, but, yeah, she is uh, – I'm trying to be nice here. I, I really am. But yeah. – uh, if that was my wife, I'd be looking for uh, hobbies to spend outside of the home. More yeah, so, you know. yeah. That, but, Did you so, see that house he had built? Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. Oh. So, I, yeah. But here's what I would say. I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. I think it's very well done. It reminded me of how much I miss all the stuff NFL films used to do. Yes. It's absolutely. that well produced. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just good. It's just, you know, you're. You're really engaged in it, and and I, I've I've really enjoyed it so far, and I'll, I'm looking forward to, it to the next couple of them. I think when you get this, let me know when you get to the end. And remember, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Um, I think that series portrayed the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and I don't want to give too much away, okay. but people will understand what I'm talking about if you watch the entire series. And secondly, I don't know what three quarterbacks they're going to find next year. Uh, to equal what they put out there this year, because obviously you don't want to use the same quarterback, even if even if it's Mahomes who is the poster boy of the NFL right now. You don't want to use Mahomes. You got to no. You can't. You can't yeah, yeah. It has to be three different guys. Yeah. It has to. But what three quarterbacks are going to give you what these three gave you in the introduction to a series like this? Yeah. Because this yeah. is something I could watch a second time. To be honest with you, I'm I'm with you. So far, so good. I'm I'm loving it so far. Um, all right, let, let's hit a couple other Falcons. So we we just I just gave you Julio. What where are you going? Uh, where are you going next? Uh, Claude Humphrey. Claude Humphrey. Oh, was, love Claude uh, Humphrey. My goodness, you talk about a great athlete at 6'6", 255 pounds, nonstop motor, Hall of Fame, 130 career sacks. 
Yeah. A five-time pro bowler. Uh, coming off that edge, man, that dude was lightning quick off the edge and strong against the run. Um, when we decided to do the Falcons, uh, I always try to do a list by memory first more so than starting to look up the greatest of the organization. Right. And his name was definitely one of the top four names I came up with in terms of what he meant to that Atlanta Falcons organization. So uh, you want? Uh, did I ever tell you my Claude Humphrey milk dud uh, story? No. Okay. So you, if you remember, he finished his career with the Eagles. He he was very good for the Eagles in 1980. Yeah. Very good. Like he he was a a huge part of them getting to the Super Bowl. Claude Humphrey was was one of the genuinely nicest people you will ever be around. Okay. Yes. So I'm a little I'm a little kid, and the Eagles used to have training camp at Westchester University. This is before they went to Lehigh. Okay. Way back in the day, it was Hershey, then it was Widener, then it was Westchester, then it was Lehigh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I, I'm out there as a kid. My dad was, was the assistant ticket manager for, for a couple of years. So I had some access to the players. Yep. And I, Claude Humphrey, I ended up carrying his helmet. Uh, he, he had, he had to take, I forget what he had to do. He did something where like I ca- carried his helmet back to the locker room. And he's like, all right, I got to, I got to run up and get my other spikes out of my dorm and this and that you want, you want to take a walk with me. I'm like, are you kidding? So I go up and he's got this stash of candy in his room. He was, he was like a, you know, junk food guy, sweets. He was a sweets guy. He's like, you like milk duds? I'm like, yeah, I like milk duds. He's like, here, man. He gave me a whole thing of milk duds. Like I kept the box. I was so like, uh, it was, it was not, I'm just, he was the nicest man. So anyway, don't I'm glad you put him on still have the box. Do you still have the box? No, I don't. I wish I did. If All I right. did, I would, I would have shown it to you. Uh, but I'm glad you put him on there. Cause he was a great NFL yes. player. He was. Um, all right, I'll give I'll give a little bit of love. This is kind of an old school guy. Uh, Tommy Nobis was Woo! a linebacker for them for eleven yes. years. He was rookie of the year, first team All Pro, and All Sixties team. He was he was a Falcon from sixty six to seventy six, where they weren't great during those times, but he was a great player. That that dude deserves props. He doesn't get a lot of love nationally. I think people kind of forget about him, but he was very good. I'll, I'll throw an old school guy in there because he does deserve a little little props. If you want to know anything about Tommy Nobis, he was known for being a hard hitter. Miami Dolphins running back Larry Zonka was said, I'd rather play Dick Buckers than to play Tommy Novas. Wow. That's the that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah, it is. His old his old coach, Norm Van Brocklin, said when they went in the locker room one time, they said, This is they went to his locker and said, This is where our football team dresses mm. at his locker. Yeah. That's what he meant to that organization. This dude was one of the most tenacious hitters known to mankind. But he doesn't he doesn't get the notoriety of a Dick Buckus, um, uh, a Jack Lambert, um, you know, Ray Nitsky, guys like that. But Tommy Novus was known back in his day for knocking people out. Yeah. And when he hit you, you felt it. That's all that's that's uh, yeah, you, that's high praise when, when Zonka's saying that, that's for sure. He, um, you know, so he was also the first player ever drafted. He was the first player drafted overall and the first player drafted by the Falcons expansion organization. Oh. That's right. Yeah, yep. you're right about that. You're yep. right about that. All right, who else do you have? Um, I would have to say Jesse Tuggle makes my makes that list. Yes, yes. Uh, this guy had over 1,600 tackles. Do uh, uh, you know he only had a, a, over 1,600 tackles? Only 164 were assisted. That means this dude was a solo tackling machine. Whoa, that's yeah, it, that's crazy. Played all 14 of his seasons uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, at the time of his retirement, he held the record for the most fumble recoveries returned for a touchdown, which was five at that time. Okay. But he was all over the field for, for a linebacker, 
uh, played there from 87 to 2000, all over the field, uh, constant, constant disrupting force on that defense. Jesse Tuggle was an outstanding Falcon uh, linebacker. I agree with you. Very good choice. Very good choice. Uh, I'll throw another old school guy, Mike Ken. Mike Ken was an offensive Mm. lineman who played 17 years for the Falcons and was damn good. Mm. I mean, he was good up until the very end. He probably could have played 20 years, but he just had enough and and walked away. That dude, that dude was a a stabilizing force for them for a long time. Did they did they wear helmets back when he played? Yeah, he's not that old. (laughs) They wear face masks when he played. (laughs) He's not that old. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to say he was like sixties into the seventies. Let me let me see if I can find what what his years were. I I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that seventy eight. He played seventy eight to eight to ninety four. I was just kidding. Um, I put John Abraham on the list. Um, great defensive end who played linebacker for him also for, during his tenure. Here's why I put him on the list. Now, he was drafted by the Jets, and he played his first six seasons with the Jets, but then he played seven seasons down in Atlanta. He had 53 and a half sacks when he was with the Jets. He had 68 and a half sacks with Atlanta. So I thought as good as he was with the Jets, I thought he was more impactful uh, down in Atlanta. He had 133 and a half career sacks. Uh, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Um, I think his last season was plagued by an injury. It was the second game of the last season he played, and he was playing out in Arizona. Bruce Arians was a head coach, and he was so nicked up, he walked in and talked to Bruce Arians for an um, extended amount of time after that second game of the season and came out and said, I'm retired. <laughs> he didn't finish out the season. Yep. He knew when to quit, but man, what a what a stud along the defensive line and playing uh, outside linebacking position. Yeah, he was. Uh, all right, I got to throw this guy in there just just for the for the nickname, right. and he was a stud, Andre Bad Moon Rising. There you go. There he, you go. He was he was a little goofy. He was a little diva ish. You know, there was there was a lot going on there with Andre, but the dude was was a phenomenal phenomenal receiver. He will always be remembered for throwing down with Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a game. Yep. Um, and, and they both would tell you that what led to that fight was the fact that they were buddy buddy. They were like Batman and Robin. And when Dion left, he never told Andre he was leaving. And, and Andre that really got to him. So when they squared off early in the game, that's one of the most iconic videos you'll ever see. Yep. Game is early in the game, play is going on, they stop and they they're, they're busting each other in the helmet until the referees finally step in. Yeah, but Andre Risen was a phenomenal receiver. Uh, won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Had a, had a big time return in that game too. Yes, yeah, you know, and uh, phenomenal talent. Of course, you know his personal life was a little iffy. I mean, he had his house burned down. But yeah, you know, hey, you know, everybody goes through something, right? Rest in peace, left eye. Yep, yep, I got you. <laughs> All right, I'll throw one more in there, and I remember him as a kid. He was a very good running back. Really, really good. I I, I was always a big fan of this guy, uh, William Andrews. William oh. Andrews was a good running back, yeah. man. Number yeah. 31. He was tough. He was tough. Um, Big you know, he was like early 80s, late 70s. Yeah. Real good. Uh, tough, tough between the tackles. Turner, uh, not easy to bring down. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't he didn't rack up wild stats. Right. But you talk about quality back. You know, there's so many quality backs we've watched throughout our careers. He fits in that category, just a quality back. 
who got the most out of the time he had in the National Football League. Yep, big, always a big fan. Uh, Jamal Anderson deserves a little love too. He had some very, yeah. very good years uh, for that. It was a little, put, little short. Yeah, yeah. I put Roddy White there since you brought receiver. Mm-hmm. Roddy White. You know the year he came out. He was he was drafted twenty seventh uh, by the Falcons uh, that year. Five wide receivers went ahead of him. Wow. In that draft. Braylon Edwards went to Cleveland at number three. <clears throat> Troy Williamson, who was a bust, went number seven to Minnesota. Mike Williams, another big, tall, lanky receiver, went number 10 to Detroit. Yep. Matt Jones, who was a quarterback in college, converted to a wide receiver. Oh, my God. Yeah, went Kentucky. To Jacksonville. Yeah. And Mark Clayton went 22nd to Oakland. Wow. <laughs> it is not even close to the best career there. Man. Yeah. No, he had over 10,000 yards receiving um phenomenal talent um not obviously not a hall of fame receiver but a very good receiver. very good yeah he was very good you're right you're right he deserves some love he he got to get overshadowed by julio and some of the other receivers oh, they had there. but he was yeah he was very very good good choices all right that one was fun i got um, one more for you steve barkowski how soon we before there was a matt uh you know uh manny yeah. Ellis, it was steve barkowski he was good he was tough too he played a long time you know, he was – those teams were – I think it never, like, they would – they'd have a time, tough time getting past, like, Alice, you know what I mean, or, or some of those other teams. Yeah, yep. He was good. He was He was the first overall player taken in the 1975 draft. He was one of only 10 quarterbacks who uh, – what was it? Who accounted for uh, – what was it? 30, 30 touchdown passes in back-to-back seasons – at least once in their careers. Okay. And if you look at his stats overall, his overall stats as a quarterback in the NFL are just, eh, they're okay. His completion with Senate percentage was like 55 or 56%. But he had two great back-to-back years, the years he threw for 30 touchdown passes. But he was he was in Atlanta so long, everybody down in Atlanta loved Steve Barkowski. So I thought I'd throw him on the list as well. Yeah, you know, played he, 11, 11 he years. He was actually the first client ever of Lee Steinberg. Oh, Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. 75. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll continue with the NFL momentum here. Uh, got an update on, on some injuries, which we'll pass along, uh, including Kadarius, Tony and some other stuff uh, that's been happening around the league, but NFL running backs have a summit Derek, and they're trying to get some more money. We'll get into all those kind of things. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're going to talk about Flynn Tree Services right now. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They're just a quick phone call away, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, keep in mind, it's a great time to get your trees evaluated now before we get some of the nastier weather in later on in the summer. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com.
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, welcome back everybody Appreciate you hanging with us We're Sports Take, let's tell a friend, let's hit the like button Thank you, thank you, uh, that's Derek, I'm Rob Alright, so let's update you uh, Kadarius Tony tweaked something Yesterday, Derek, catching punts uh, yep. Prior to the, the Chiefs workout And it looks like So he, um, according to Adam Schefter uh, who just tweeted this out a little while ago? He he underwent a off-season cleanup and procedure in the knee. Yep. And then he aggravated the injury Sunday while fielding that punt. He's expected to miss some time during training camp, but they're optimistic that he could start the regular season and not have any any kind of setbacks. Good for the Chiefs. Okay. And they were, you know, they're a little light there at that position. You know, I don't I don't necessarily love their setup there, but anyway, that that's all right. So that's one. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, who was carted off on in a non-contact injury this morning from Lions camp. Good news. The injury isn't expected to be serious and the MRI doesn't reveal any structural damage. So they may have really dodged a bullet there with that one and him too. Cause he's only on a one-year deal. Uh, no, can you, that, that, that's a proven deal for him and his agent. No question about it. Yeah. Um, and he's been talking this off season. <laughs> you think and- uh, yeah, he's been talking this offseason, uh, not just at the Philadelphia fan base, but in general. Um, and, you know, that's devastating for a young man. You know, you know, you play a game where you're like you're able to go down at any given moment. And I'm sure he felt something in that need and just, you know, brought it to emotions. And his teammates just kind of knew that, wow, if he's crying, it must be pretty bad. But, you know, luckily for him, because I tell you, to be honest with you, I'm intrigued. I, I'm interested to in see what he looks like in the back end of that Detroit defense. Yeah. You know, Detroit went out and uh, they, they, they made some improvements on defense. He's one of them. And you can't get, you, you can't go, they're at the bottom. 
no. in terms of defense. There's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. If that defense is a middle of the road defense with that offense, especially uh, since the offense added another wide receiver, look out for Detroit. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah they're a dangerous team. We'll, we're going to get into them more in a second here and what uh, – what their coach Dan Campbell had to say. Uh, this was the one that we talked about a little bit earlier, but let's just revisit it, Derek, for people who maybe weren't with us. So Naeem Hines, the running back, also return man for the Bills. He's done for the season. Um, he was he suffered a, a, a jet ski, struck his knee, and he's going to require surgery, which will keep him out. He, he was sitting on a stationary jet ski when he was struck. He was on a stationary ski and another ski came from out of nowhere and struck him. Somebody must have either been out of control, had an accident or something. Yeah. So he suffered non-life-threatening injuries uh, such as to his liver or kidney, according to the source. What? He must have just got plowed into, man. He must have and slammed him into something else. Um, Now the the question is, depending on who hit him – is there a lawsuit that's going to follow this? Oof. This isn't good. Yeah, you know, I, I don't blame him. I'm saying this is just awful luck for this guy. It stinks. God. Wow. That's terrible. Well, how fluky is that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, man. That's that wasn't it wasn't even on the practice field. It's just good young good young back. Good young back. You know. It's too bad. It's uh. too bad. Yeah, you hate you hate that kind of stuff. Um, all right, so there's the, that's the the injury ward here. Good, well, I guess good news. Let me give you some good news. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo passed his physical with that foot. Yep. Uh, injury and surgery that he had. So they they the way they termed it is they're going to work him back into practice. So it sounds like it's going to be you know it's just kind of taking it slowly. I mean, you still have a month, you know, five weeks till they till the season starts or whatever it is. So you have right. some time to get him going. Um, but yeah, that that one's. That's good for him because his contract is basically all contingent upon him playing. If he plays, he gets like $22.5 million. Woo. If he doesn't, they can get out from under this thing, the Raiders. But they have uh, nothing behind him. And we talk about the wealth of pass catchers they have with the Raiders, but I saw a story last week that Hunter Renfro could be the odd man out in that offense. They can't now, reach a deal with him. Yeah. Hunter Renfro, you better get him in there. I'm with you. Like, if, if the Raiders are thinking, even thinking about cutting him, and I'm some team who needs a possession guy, yes. in a second, I'm making I'm that move. What, what do you need? How much do you need? Yeah. What can we do to get yeah. He what, is the classic move the chains guy. You need four, he's going to get you five. Like, yes. And he's going to catch it. You and know quick, that. quick, sure-handed. Yeah. Got some yeah. speed behind him. That's a weird – that's weird to me. I don't know. If I'm yeah. Devontae Adams, I'm like, hey, look, you already cost me my quarterback. You better get my sidekick back in here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And no Waller there. So no Dell Waller. Exactly. Um Anthony Richardson and the Colts have reached an agreement four year, fully guaranteed 34 million. Um, that's on the heels of this weekend. Bryce Young signed his deal. Uh 37.9 guaranteed 24 just at the signing bonus he gets. So Nice way to Not kick bad. off life after college. Not <laughs> bad. Here's here's thirty seven point nine guaranteed. Enjoy the rest of your life. Okay, and, thank you. And, and you're not you, there's there's no guarantee you're a starting quarterback. You may have to be the understudy for a while. Yeah. You know, and you got that kind of money already in the fold. Yep. Hey, you, man, he just hit the lottery, man. Ching, baby. Ooh. Now the only one of that group, like the the threesome yet that still hasn't, and I, I think it's just a formality. CJ uh, uh, Stroud is not signed yet. So you got. 
of the top three, Bryce Young's in, Anthony Richardson is in, and you're still waiting on uh, on Str- That'll get done. It's all plotted. There's nothing. Yeah, I don't understand these non-sidings. Dude, the money's already slotted. You're not getting any more or less. Yeah. yeah. Take the money. Take the, yeah. Just get in there and learn the system, man. They're counting on you possibly be the starting quarterback now. What is your agent doing? If I, I'm on the phone with my agent. Hey, uh, all right, can we get this done, please? I got work to do. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm with you. Like I, I, I'm. That's my biggest concern. If I'm Stroud, is I, I don't want to miss a day. I can't miss a day here. Like mm-hmm. figure it out. You know what? I'm still going to be damn rich if I'm not a knucklehead. I'm set for life. But let's get oh, wait this a minute. done. Thomas Burke says Stroud already signed. I didn't is see Stroud that. done. I haven't I seen that one. I didn't see that. Okay. I didn't see it if he is. So I'm, I'm. I'll. I don't know. I'll take Thomas's word for it. But I didn't see that. Um. The other thing that's interesting, Derek, Zach Martin. We know he's unhappy with his contract with the Cowboys. They train in L.A., outside of L.A., uh, yep. to the Cowboys. Thousand Oaks, I believe it is. Yeah. So he is flying out there. But according to Todd Archer, who we, we've had on the show, who, who covers the Cowboys for that, yep. he said that doesn't mean he's going to report to camp on time. The flight is not mandatory, and players have until Tuesday to report. So oh. he, he's – I'm sorry, he's not on the flight. He's not. Let me correct that. I said is. He's mm. not on the chartered flight from Dallas to L.A. That, but, but he could get there when he has to get there. Yep. We don't know yet where that stands. He's only making seven million a year, which I, I, I couldn't believe that when we when we found that last week. I was like blown away that that was the case. Anyway, mm. um, all right. So, really interesting story here. Bunch of NFL running backs and and Austin Eckler set this thing up. Uh, met via Zoom. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, uh, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs were 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 part of this this crew. Uh, and Josh Jacobs, by the way, is not reporting for Raiders camp because he's ticked off. We we knew that. We knew Saquon and Josh Jacobs probably weren't going to practice until it got real because that's when you start getting fine with the game checks when the first regular season game kicks. Um, but they met this sort of summit of running backs to try to figure out how to get more money. And and I, Derek, I know there's a lot of details to this thing. If you want to you want to jump in on this one. Um, the backstory is that they talked about possibly faking injuries yep. uh, during the course of games to prove a point. Um, I, I applaud on, on the surface. I applaud the running backs standing together because it is a travesty that the running backs have now become the outcast of the NFL in terms of positions that get paid. It seems like every position is getting paid except the running backs. How is that possible when so many teams count on running backs, both in the running, blocking, and passing game? Mm-hmm. but if you take a stance like that and just drop down and clutch a part of your body at a crucial just say it's a crucial drive of a game how's that going to sit with your teammates that's a slippery slope you know um your teammates are going to back you because they know nfl money is not guaranteed and everybody wants to get their money plus you don't have lifetime benefits that's understandable as well um but dude if you pull something like that during the course of a game that cannot bode well with the coaching staff and your players. Now, from a coaching perspective, you have to take it for what it is because if you can't prove the guy's not hurt, you can't really single him out or call him out. Yeah, like this is really dangerous territory for me. Like when you so you start faking injuries, there's so many offshoots to that, Derek. Number one, mm-hmm. your teammates know what's up. Like, and you got some dude – playing next to you who's playing with one arm hanging off because he, you know, he's trying to help the team win and you're, Oh, my hamstring. 
that's a bad that, that's gonna yeah. that ain't gonna go well in, in, in the locker room. Okay, number no. one. No. And number two, if you're really trying if you if part of your hope is to re-up with that team and they know you're not, you know, you're faking this and you're BSing your way through this, you're not gonna be back with that team. You're mm-hmm. cooked if mm-hmm. that's the if that's the case. Now, here's where I think there is the, the players make a point. Okay. Um, and by the way, Stroud is signed. So thank you, Thomas. And thank you, uh, Tone. My bad on that. Um, here's the, here's where I think you could make a case. Let's, I remember last year, Saquon Barkley injured his shoulder, but they strapped it up and he sucked it up and he played and he, and he wasn't himself. If you remember for, for a couple games, um, but he's, he's, he toughed it out. If I'm him and I'm, I'm legitimately, my shoulder's killing me. I'm sitting out, fellas. I'm not playing. I'm not, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not playing. You yeah. know what? You're going to treat me like a second-class citizen? Might as well act like one, mm-hmm. be honest with you. Yeah. You know, um, I look at guys like Derrick Henry and how many carries he has a season, and, and I'm thinking already, because I've looked at past running backs who have been in that same boat, what kind of quality of life is this young man going to have after the season? Now, granted, they are millionaires. Yes, I get that. But to be paid that much less than other positions, when you're as much of a focal point of a team as any other position on the field, in most cases in the National Football League, um, there has to be that that situation has to be addressed better by yeah. the, by the decision makers in front front offices. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say also that the running back is the one position where you can find good running backs a dime a dozen in the National Football League. Yeah. Uh, here's where I think it's re- really um, BS what's happening to these guys because, and every one of them are making the same point. So let's say you go out there and man, you're just a horse and you're carrying the ball a ton and you're, you, you, you get 1800 yards on a lot of touches. Yeah. Okay. They're going to hold that against you in contract negotiations. Yeah. Oh, he's on, he's damaged goods. He's on the downside. He's, he's not going to yeah. have as good a year left. La- it's the only position where that would happen. like if a receiver goes out there and catches a million balls, yep. you're praising that guy. Oh, and, and giving him his money. Yes, the, the running backs are right. They have an apps. I but I don't know what. Like at the end of the day, what do you do? What do you do if your employer won't pay you? Well, um, now that it's out there, I guarantee you, from the media and the fan base alike, it's going to be watched real close during the season to see if these guys start flopping. I know. And I know. It's going to be a major storyline. It's going to be a major storyline that coaches are going to have to answer, front office people are going to have to answer, and teammates. Yep. And like like you said, there are going to be some teammates. Look, I support my guy, but he might have cost us this game. Now you know that's going to come out if that happens. Yeah. You know what he pulled cost us this game and cost us a playoff position or or, or home field advantage throughout yes. or something like that. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. That's a. That's where. That's when you start to have problems when your fellow teammates, you know, see that. Uh, Dan Campbell. So you mentioned him a little bit earlier, Gunner. Yep. So he's trying to kind of slow down the hype machine because it, you know, let's face it, the, the Lions are kind of everybody's darlings. They're they're the team that everybody's like, look out for mm-hmm. the Lions this year. And he's hearing it. I, I thought it was interesting. He said it, and Aiden Hutchinson, who had who had such a good rookie year for him last year, said, you know, we're in the facility. We, you know, we got the TVs on. We know what people are saying about us. But we we got you know we know we know at least that he was saying on my side of the ball. We got a long way to go. We got to keep our heads about us. And Campbell was like, they haven't earned anything. They won nine games last year. Who yes, cares? Sir. So he's been really every day on them. Like, don't buy into anything. You haven't accomplished anything yet. 
as far if as I was, Detroit. If I was Dan Campbell, I wouldn't even allow the TVs on in the practice facility. I thought the same the thing room. after I heard Hutchinson say Take that. Them Take yeah. them the TVs are out of the locker room. They're out yeah. of the weight room, out of the whirlpool, yeah. out, out of everything that where a player can see it in that building. Yep. I like Dan's approach of getting a hold on this thing because, as we know, players can get full of themselves. They've been hearing this all offseason. Every media outlet, NFL Network, ESPN, Detroit could be that Cinderella team next season. Yep. And rightfully so when you consider how they finished that season and look at the point production they can put up yeah. and the weapons that they have, and they've added another wide receiver. They have nice, young, talented players, too. They have and a they lot of Denzel Mims, yeah. you know, to go with them. You know, so yes, they have everything that they want right there in front of them, but you have to work to get it. And I don't blame Campbell one bit trying to trying to kibosh all this noise. I don't want to hear that mess. We didn't do anything. We didn't get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I want to hear it. Yeah. Go out and prove yourselves. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So beyond that, uh, Andrew Berry said he's the GM formerly with the Eagles back in the day. Uh, Giants or uh, excuse me, Browns general manager. He said Deshaun Watson's in a really good place right now. Uh, they feel like he's poised to have the monster year. He's going to be that guy that, you know, they, they gave up all those assets and gave all that guaranteed money to. They feel like he's he's ready. He's ready to have that bounce back year. Stefanski's had all offseason to streamline his playbook. Yep. Deshaun's had input. Uh, we talked about this last week, that what, what kind of season do we think he's going to have. I don't know if he'll be that Houston version of Deshaun Watson, but I do think he'll have a very good season. They've got nice defensive personnel. They've got good offensive personnel, no question about that. Offensive line, wide receivers, running backs, they're in a good place. All the quarterback has to do in this case is manage the offense and not make a lot of mistakes. In his case, because he's such a phenomenal athlete, uh, his overall repertoire, both with his legs and his arms, are going to be a tremendous asset to what the Browns hope to accomplish in a very difficult division and conference to accomplish it. Yeah, I, I like them. Like, if, if you were, I don't know, sleeper, I guess, whatever term you want to use, I think Cleveland's a real sleeper team. They're, they are in a very tough division. I mean, the, the AFC North is really, really difficult, uh, as is the East. But I like them a lot. Um, I think I think they're going to contend for a playoff spot. I do. Um, I, I, I think they're going to be right there. They could get edged out because the AFC is so good. But they're good on both sides of the ball. Be interested to see how Schwartz does over there too. He's the defensive coordinator, uh, and that was another thing that, that Andrew Berry talked about. He said, the, the wide time. "Well, he said this defense is perfect for Miles Garrett." He said, "If you were going to design a defense for him, it's this with the way Schwartz likes to do it." So, well, Schwartz likes his 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 wide nine defense, and that allowed Miles to, to line up even further outside and get a better angle going to the quarterback, as well as keeping them in the pocket more mm -hmm. so than going up the field or trying to go around them. Right. So um, we'll see. You know, people here didn't really care for Jim Schwartz's wide nine concept here. Yeah, Rob Ellis among them. <laughs> I, no, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, the thing with Schwartz was always like, didn't you always feel like, and I I know, you know, you were around him a lot. Like, I don't know. He, there was just thing. I guess you need a little bit of an air about you. He was just like, he thought he was, he thought he was a badass. Uh, that Schwartz. There was an arrogance about him. Yeah. Uh, great knowledge of the game, great knowledge of the history of the game. Uh, excellent talker in terms of uh, answering your questions, but his product just never delivered on the field. Hardly, hardly yeah. ever delivered on the field. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got enough talent with that Cleveland team to do some great things. Let's see if his concept uh, works well in Cleveland because uh, there's a reason why that team's called the mistake by the lake. 
they've made so many mistakes in terms of personnel, yeah. coaches throughout the years. Uh, let's see if they got it right this time. I hear you. All right, so uh, Kansas City. Chris Jones not in camp. And Andy Reid, uh, you know, basically said, uh, yeah, I'm uh, a little bit surprised. So we, I know we discussed this a little bit earlier. So he's in the last year of a four-year, eighty million, excuse me, eighty million dollar deal. And he he made it be known, you know, from the jump as soon as the Super Bowl ended, he wanted to get paid. Uh, Clark Hunt, who's there, who runs, you know, took over. He's the owner. Basically yeah. said, well, hey, we welcome him back with open arms. We want him back, et cetera, et cetera. This one doesn't feel like it's getting resolved anytime soon. No. If I'm Clark Hunt, I'm saying, wait a minute, we we just paid you 80, an average of 20 million a year. And you're in the final year of their contract, so you will fulfill the 80 million dollar obligation. You know what? At least come to camp and perform. And I understand you worry about getting injured. I mean, look at the fluke injuries we we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, I understand your your concerns, but let's revisit this after the season or during the course of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, taking a stance right now does not benefit you, and it certainly doesn't benefit uh, your teammates in terms of trying to get ready uh, for what's to come and, and, and try to make it back to back. Something that happened that hasn't happened in quite some time. And he is the heart and soul of that defense. I get that for sure. But lead by example, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, or like a lot of guys are doing the um, uh, hold in, where they'll they will show up at the facility, but not partake right. in things. Right. I don't know if he feels like that's not an option because they're not hearing them or they're not even close. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, that for a team that maybe doesn't have the greatest defense in, in the Chiefs where you're asking a lot of your offense, you need Chris Jones. If they, he's not around. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, I yeah. can tell you that. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, so Clark Hunt uh, said he doesn't see Andy Reid retiring anytime soon. I, I don't either. I look, I know he's old, you know, he's whatever he is, 66, 67. I think 67. Um, and he's, you know, maybe not the picture of health if you looked at him, but I, I think that he's a guy who is, he's a football lifer, number one. Number two, he's got Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think if you're Andy Reid and you've won two Super Bowls and you're, you have a, a bad quarterback setup. You know what I mean? Then you th- maybe you're thinking about, eh, do I really want to, you know, keep doing this? But when you have Mahomes, who's 27, for potentially 10 more years, I don't, I don't think you go anywhere if you're him. I don't see Andy Reid coaching until he's 77, but I can see him very easily coaching until he's 71, 72. Yeah, uh, just like a Pete Carroll. You know, a- Andy Reid is a football lifer. He yeah. eats, drinks, sleeps, breathes football. You know, it's his second marriage, basically. You know, during the football season, he spends more time in the office than he does at home. Mm-hmm. And he loves working with young players. He he loves watching. Andy Reid always told me that he loves watching young men, young teams come together. You know, and once you step aside and say, that's it, that's it. And that would be a big vo- that would be a big void in Andy Reid's life. He loves competing. He lo- and, and when you're right, Rob, when you got a Patrick Mahomes, if he can help me get a couple more rings before I ride off into the sunset, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, isn't that like, and again, I'm early in it. Right. But the other takeaway you see with the, with he and uh, Andy and Mahomes is like, man, those two, you they're, they're joined at the hip. Yeah. You know, I mean, they are just simpatico. I mean, they're, it's, it's incredible. You know, it, it's even more, I didn't think anybody be more like that than Donovan and Andy, but this is more. 
like that. I think I think um, Andy stays around the game because it, it mentally keeps him youthful also. Right. You know, it, it right. keeps the brain stimulated, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, they take a couple of weeks off here and there, but the mind's always working. You know, he's always got something going on in terms of, and now without Eric Bieniemy at the helm, it's really on him now. Um, and, and I just think that if you take football away from Andy Reid, he wouldn't know what to do with himself, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, you know what? I think the Chiefs organization is exactly right. They don't see Andy Reid going anywhere in the foreseeable future, and rightfully so. I think Andy Reid would go nuts without football, to be honest with you. I agree with you. I agree with you a lot. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., um, earlier this year, he signed a one-year deal with the Ravens. He's entering that one year, viewing it as the final year of his career. Quote, I'm thinking like this is my last year. I'm going to give it my all this year. And then if something happens, then we can go from there. And he said he didn't want to originally go to the Ravens, in part because they always beat him up. Um, but, yeah, he, he's he, – yeah, it sounds to me like he's just looking at it like, look, I'm giving it my everything. I get hurt again. This could be the end because he's gone through a lot injury-wise, you know, lately. But they finally got Lamar Jackson, a guy, if he can stay yep. healthy – Yep. That's a legitimate weapon here, and it's been a been a minute since they've had you know on the on the outside. I mean, Andrews is very good. Yeah, mm. yeah. So good good move there uh, by them. So the other thing, uh, a couple other odds and ends, uh, and I think this is smart as well. Um, Duke Tobin, who is the Bengals' uh, general manager, has basically said, "You know what? I'm not giving. We're not doing any public updates here when it comes to." Uh, Joe Burrow in the contract. Mm. Well, everything's going to stay behind closed doors. I think it's smart. Especially in hindsight of what happened with Saquon. Um, I think that's a smart move because when you open that Pandora's box, what's the first question every day? It seems like hey, any update on Joe Burrow and his contract, it gets monotonous after a while. Right. Look, when it's done, you'll know. And obviously it'll lead to an Adam Schefter or somebody like that when it's all said and done. When the time's right, it'll be done. You know, and I'm sure Joe Burrow is going to be asked about the contract also. Mm-hmm. And media is going to see if they can get anything out of him. But if Joe Burrow follows suit uh, to what the front office says, you know, media eventually will get a- a tired of asking and move on to something else. Yeah. You know, and when it's supposed to be done, it'll be done. Plain and simple. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. So keep your eye on that. And I, I think it I think it'll happen before the season starts. I do. We may not get you yeah. know word of it, but I think it'll happen before the season starts. Yeah. All right. Let's step aside. Let's come back, Derek. I want to hit you with a couple of different things, including Allen Iverson back in the news for good reasons. Allen Iverson in the news. Uh guy who waited a long time, got his first major win in uh in the world of golf yesterday. I have a great on this date for you. And uh good birthdays, good movies. We'll do all that when we come back. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Imaginations run wild and time stands still. 
Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Back. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Giga Sports YouTube Network. All right. Uh, Derek, hey, uh, you with us. Yes. Did you see the story that just came out about Deshaun Watson? No. no. He, uh, he uh, blames the media for directing the narrative and ruining his image, um, not the 25 women. Um, Watson blames the media for the narrative of at least 25 women suing him for sexual harassment and abuse. Zero remorse, according to this story. Uh, speaking of reporters over the weekend, Watson said that his story has been overshadowed due to the media directing the narrative. Things that people don't really get to hear about, especially last year, it's been the media directing the narrative uh, and directing and narrating something else. My story has been kind of overshadowed. I had an opportunity to tell the story in front of those guys, meaning investigators, Watson said. But yet he settled with three, uh, 23 out of 24, three, uh, 24 out of 25 of the women. But it's the media that drove the narrative of his image. Okay. Flat out doesn't get it. Flat out doesn't get it. Um, it's a joke. I mean, it's the classic, it's the media's fault. No accountability. Um, clearly no remorse. Clearly hasn't learned any lessons, you know, et cetera. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, there you go. Another team to root against. Well, it's, it's another case of, I hate to say this, NFL players thinking they're bigger 
bigger than the, than society uh, yeah. than those of us, of us in general. Why? Yeah. Because there are people in place that cover for them. Correct. You, you look yes, at the men. Texans. Look at the Houston Texans. Uh, this, the, the 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 portion of the story that came out about a hotel situation with women and didn't they pay off the hotel or, or, or they paid off like 30 something million, something like that. Yeah. Uh, number one. And Deshaun Watson uh, paid off X amount of women, but it's on the media and not. Media's fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. And that's First class we- creep. First class creep. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, I uh, couldn't agree with Chris D more. Uh, so glad the Eagles didn't. I mean, they they were in. There was conversations that they may be interested, and they're they're not. They didn't. Thank God. All right. Anyway, um, all right. So Allen Iverson. This is pretty cool, Derek. Allen Iverson will be the one to introduce uh, Dwayne Wade do, uh, prior to his uh, his induction into the uh, the Hall of Fame, the uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame. Allen will 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 do his introduction. That's pretty cool. And Dwayne Wade said he played, you know, he, he was the inspiration for him wearing number three and, you know, playing the game as hard as he did was Allen Iverson. So Dwayne reached out to Allen to be his uh, inductee, if you will. You know, it's amazing, um, you know, since the advent of social media and we get to hear so many stories from, from firsthand from players, how many players in the league that have come through the league that just adored the way Allen Iverson played the game and were big Allen Iverson fans coming up through the ranks. You know, Allen Iverson, no question, was a phenomenal talent. But when you look at the era that he played in, you know, and you think about all the incredible stars, Allen Iverson's name is mentioned a lot in terms of Allen Iverson was a hero of mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which which says a lot about he was the ultimate warrior. For a little skinny dude, 6'1", who was tenacious when he played, fearless, driving the paint, could dunk. Right. Um, you know, a crossover, his crossover was lethal. You know, how many highlights have we seen where he crossed over some of the best of the game, including Michael Jordan, leave, left him stumbling in his shoes and, and, and knocked down a jumper, a drum. Yeah, and, his rookie year. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's kudos to Allen, man, because Dwayne Wade is one of the best players that ever put on an NBA uniform. And for him to pick Allen Iverson, that's that's a great tribute to that guy. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Good, good for Dwayne Wade. Very cool. And, uh, you know, Alan, I'm sure Alan will make it memorable. That much we know. Who knows what it'll be, but it'll be memorable. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. All right. I don't know if you saw this one. So, um, and I forgive the pronunciation, which I'm sure I'm going to butcher here. But there's a Saudi team called Al-Halal or Al-Halal. Okay. That is offering uh, French or French soccer player uh, Killian uh, Mbappe. Um uh, Basically, a one-year, one billion dollar deal is what it's going to amount to. Did you say one billion? So it, there's the transfer cost, which is three hundred and thirty-two million to get him to the club, and then they would pay him seven hundred and seventy-six million dollars salary to play a soccer game. To play soccer. one year, one, one year. Yeah, man, I'm jumping on that eight times out, a hundred times out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Hey, right. hey dude, that's a, Hey, that Saudi oil money runs deep. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, you think about think about what they were paying golfers to come oh, over in that LIV, yep. you know, uh, 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 format. A, a seven hundred million dollars to play one season of soccer. Mm-hmm. Is this dude as good as Messi? Well, that's the thing. You know, Messi had had this played for Inter Miami, I think it is, and had the game winning goal in his first game. Did you see that? Yeah. He, Yep. It was incredible. He like roofed one and, and it was yep. the end up being the game winner. Everybody went nuts. It was 
it was pretty incredible. And they had like LeBron was there. Oh heck yeah. Venus Williams was there or Serena was there. Sorry. Uh, yeah. One of the Kardashians, of course, is, there's a camera near there. So they were there, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing to see. Um, 700 million. Oof. All right. So the other one is Brian Harmon. This is pretty cool. Uh 36 year old American won his first major at the age of 36. He won the open over the weekend uh, in Royal Liverpool. So he ended up winning. It was it was pouring there yesterday, uh, and, but he he was great the entire tournament on the greens, and he he had a guy, a bunch of guys like John Rahm and Rory and a bunch of big names really charging at him, and he held them off, and he, he did a great job, and he ended up winning it. So that's good. I like seeing guys that are, you know, have just kind of stuck around for love of the game finally get the payoff. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I love seeing new blood you know, yeah. standing at, at at the head of the class. You know. He may never win another tournament, but for this one moment in time, man, that's living a dream. Good for you, man. Good yes, for you. Absolutely. All right. On this date, I know you remember this. All right. 40 years ago. I can't believe it's been 40 years. The infamous pine tar incident when George Brett lost his mind. When berserk. <laughs> one of, I've never seen, I mean, I, I thought he was going to kill the umpire. I did too. He looked possessed. His eyes were possessed. He came shooting out of that dugout, arms oh. flailing, you know, salivating at the mouth, foaming at the mouth. Oh. And and he was all up in that umpire's grill. Um, but, yeah, that, uh, uh, that, that that's one of the iconic moments in sports because it was debated for so long before a decision was arrived. At. Everybody's yeah. in the dugout like, okay, what's going to happen here? Yep. And when, they, and when the announcement came down, man, he took off like a Brahma bull before anybody knew what happened. So for people who don't remember, they're playing the Yankees. It's at Yankee Stadium. Brett hits a big home run in the game. And I think it was Billy Martin. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, uh, Billy says, Martin. check the bat. He, the, the pine tar can only be up so high on a bat. Yeah. So they measure it across the length of the plate. And it went farther than the plate. And all of a sudden you see the umpire just go, like, you're out. Yeah. And and the the by the way, props to the camera guy who was just singled in on on Brett. Mm-hmm. He comes out of the dugout, man, fit to be tied and lost his mind. It was incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. But that was forty. You believe it was forty years ago? That's I, crazy. I do. Every time I, we look up a stat, a birthday, or something like that, 35, 40, 56 years. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. I know. Oh my goodness. All right. Um. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Birthdays here. Ready to do some birthdays and movies? Oh. All right. We'll start with Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, Sixers coach. He's 56 today. Uh, happy birthday, Nick Nurse, and good luck with, with this. Yeah, you are you may age quickly here. Yeah, you quickly. got a mess on your hands here. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of the Sixers, Furkan Korkmaz is 26 today. Yep. So, little Sixers ties there. All right. Uh, J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez is 54. 54. Would you consider that strong? Yes. Squared. <laughs> Is there like a cubed squared? Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, man. And yes. I love asking that question. Um, Amelia Earhart uh, was yes. born on this day. Yes. 1897. Right. Never to be found. Correct. They they didn't. Correct. Yeah, they never. Nope. Unbelievable. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth, the actress and singer, is 55 years old today. Yep. Speaking of strong, Linda Carter, 72 today. Would you consider Linda Strong at 72? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. And Prime was as strong as it gets. 
Yes. Yes. Wonder Woman years. Whoa. Okay. She was uh, a wonder, all right. No question. And a Paquin, the actress, 41 years old today. And you never watched the series True Blood. She was really great in that series, True Blood. It was an HBO series. Yeah, yeah. You got to check out this series if you ever get a chance. A little okay. gory, but very okay. good. Very all good right. series. Yep. Carl uh, Malone, the mailman, is 60 years old today. Yep. Barry Bonds, 59 years old today. My guy, my guy, Barry. Some athletes here in this one. Uh, Emily Rickards, actress, is 32 today. Uh, Mara Wilson, actress, is 36 as well. Rose Byrne, who's in a lot of stuff, including Bridesmaids, is 44 today. Kyle Kuzma, the uh, Washington Wizard, is 28 today. Michael Richards, who played Kramer uh, in Seinfeld, 74 today. 74. I can't believe he's 74. That's crazy. Um, Chris Sarandon, the the actor who was formerly married to Susan Sarandon way back in the day, 81 today. Rick Fox, speaking of athletes, 54 today. Uh, Comedian Gallagher passed away, I think, last year or the year before. He's 46. Were you a Gallagher fan? No, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I didn't get that. He'd be on TV smashing watermelons and stuff with a mallet. I'm like, really? No, I I don't. Yeah, who wants to go? Like, I want to sit in the front row and get – Yeah. No, I I didn't get it. He was big in the 80s. That stuff was huge. I never understood that. I don't get it either. Um. Kadeem Hardison, the actor, is 58 years old, played Dwayne on a uh, different world. Yeah, different world. Cosby show. Laura Layton from uh, Melrose Place is 55 today. Yep. Yep. Robert Hayes, who was in Airplane, is yep. 76 today. Great, great comedy. Great uh, student comedy. Unbelievable. Man. Dan H- Hadaya, uh, who has been in a lot of different things over the years, is 83. Played Nick Tortelli in Cheers. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is 41. She was in Mad Men, some other stuff. Uh, as well. That's all I got. Uh, birthdays. You have any other ones? Oh my goodness. Let's see. The list runs deep. Uh, John Aniston was a uh, made his claim to fame in the, in the uh, daytime drama Days of Our Lives. Was born on this day in 1933. Jennifer Aniston's uh, dad, by the way. That yes, guy. yes. The wrestler Tori R- Wilson. Strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, 48 today. 48. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren Miller. M- Lauren Miller Rosen from the movie Superbad is 42. Patrice Bergeron, former NHL player, 38 oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeVay Chase uh, from Danny, the movie Danny Darko is 33. Uh, Zeus, we got here. Sean Weatherly. Uh, Weatherly, uh, police academy back in training, is 64. Mabel Albertson, uh, who played a mom on Bewitched back in the day, oh, was born on this day in 1901. Okay. Former NBA player Walt Bellamy was born on this day in 1939. Uh, Mike Pouncey, uh, who's the twin brother of Mar- Marquise Pouncey in well, NFL. Two, what careers they had. Yep, played 10 years with the Dolphins at center and Chargers, is uh, 34 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Frazier uh, from the Better Call Sal uh, series is 48. Rafer Alston, another former NBA player, 47 on this day. The great Willie Davis okay. was born on this day in 1934. And Joe Barry Carroll, 65 today. Wow, for a big, yeah. big man. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, movies, some good ones here. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, yes. 1998, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. Um, La Bamba. Good movie. Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, very good movie. Uh, played uh, Richie, uh, Richie Valens, 1987. Um, a Time to Kill with uh, Samuel L. Oh, yeah. 96 was that one. Superman 4. Uh, that was still during the Christopher Reeve, I, I think, time yes, period, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was 87. 
um, Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal, which wasn't a bad movie. I, I you know, flipped around watching it a couple of times. It was okay. Uh, 2014, High Noon uh, from 1952. Um, that's it. That's all I have. You got any other movies? Uh, the only one is The Chosen from 2015. Okay. Chosen from 2015. Yep. Yeah, that was it. All right. So uh, I got a couple minutes left. So two, two things to, to keep your eye on. Tomorrow, Eagles camp begins. Um, and my favorite time of year. My favorite time of year. I, I'm very, very excited for, for camp to start. Can't wait. Look at all these storylines we already have. I oh, mean, no. just because camp started. Oh, I'm no. not complaining, man. Makes our lives more interesting and fun. You know? Okay. So uh, that's uh, that'll start tomorrow for the Eagles. And then I have the lineup. You ready for the lineup for the uh, Phillies for the uh, Orioles game tonight? Hey, let's hear this. Shockingly, Schwarber leads off. Yep. Uh, he's playing left. So this is they're doing like the every other game thing with Harper at first base. So Harper's not at first. Uh, Turner will bat second. Boy, he is stubborn with the lineup, isn't he? Uh, Rob Thompson. Schwarber's in left. Turner's at shortstop. He hits second. Bryce Harper's DHing. Nick Castellanos clean up in right field. Bryson Stott hits fifth at second base. Uh, Josh Harrison is back. He's off the injured list. He will play third base. Then he's giving Jake Cade the start at first base today. Mm. He's also giving Real Muto the night off. So Garrett Stubbs will catch. Uh, Johan Rojas will get the start in center field. Okay. Okay. No Marsh. And then uh, it'll be Christopher Sanchez. So, you know, you the bottom of that order, Gunner, Harrison, Cade, Stubbs, Rojas, your big boys better better mash up top. Yeah, not very appealing, um, especially in a series of this magnitude with this team coming in here tonight. But you, you got to pick and choose when you give guys a day off. You can't run them in the ground and play them 162. But I, I think I'd rather – in this particular series, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would have probably given – JT the day off yesterday yeah, of a night day game yeah. and then have him start tonight. But uh, okay. Uh, we'll see. Look, here's the bottom line. If though, if their big boys don't start hitting, it doesn't matter anyway. Right. I mean, this let's face it. So they are going to, I mean, I mean, after the Baltimore series, you got, you got three in Pittsburgh. I'd have given them, I'd have given all kind of guys days off. In Pittsburgh, <laughs> I hear you know, because I after hear that, you. you got my, you got four down in Miami and then three at Kansas city. And that's another, and then here, here's a stretch where they can really make some noise. Rob. they have after the Miami series, they have three in, uh, at home against right. Kansas city, followed by four at home against Washington. Right. They don't go six and one in that series. There's something I, wrong. I can't, yeah. I can't watch them, Rob. I can't I watch. Agree. I agree with you. All right, we got to go. I uh, want to thank uh, Tone. Tone DeShields, great job producing Tone. We appreciate you as always. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat section for, for participating in the show. We do appreciate it. Thanks to everybody streamed, everybody who listened. Uh, you guys are the best. We will keep it rolling tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll recap Phillies Orioles game one. We will look at uh, game day one of Eagles training camp as well. So a lot to do. We thank all of you. Derek, looking forward to tomorrow. Stay tuned. Bye, you bye. have the national football show with Dan Cilio. So stay tuned for that. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday, and we will catch you tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.